0: Dreaming about a premiership
1: cup We love our clubs But they never win Two flags in 100 years Ah, uh, Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now
0: I hate you If you think we'll be insightful Clever or just we'll be we searched We're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are Two Guys, One Cup.
1: It is Friday, March 17, 2017. This is Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And I nailed that intro, Charlie. I nailed it. And that was definitely the first time that
0: we had done it. That's (laughs) right. There was no false start where we collided in the centre square going for the ball at the same time. Then you froze and wouldn't move, <laughs> and we had to restart. <laughs> it was a calamitous beginning it, to the second season of Two Guys, One Cup.
1: I mean, it, to be honest, uh, I'm about to explain to you what happened because I haven't told you yet, but this is how bad we're going. I, I fucked up the intro twice. We finally got into the podcast, and literally as we were about to have our first conversation in the podcast, my computer froze. And I'm like talking to you because you're frozen on the computer going, Charlie, what's happened? Why have you turned into a statue? Somebody give him 20 cents so he moves and talks. What's going on? And then I realized that my computer had run out of credit, my internet. <laughs> like I'm using this internet program here in Adelaide and like and it had just run out, completely run out just as we were starting to do the podcast.
0: And that's the kind of professionalism you can expect from our show. We don't pay our bills. <laughs> yeah, so... So please please give to the Patreon because
1: I just spent $50 getting a Telstra account. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Charlie? You must be excited. You must be, I mean, obviously coming off the huge premiership win by the Saints in the JLT.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much, uh, Carlton Football Club, for putting up your... uh under eighteen in our second game to get us that percentage. I, d- I actually didn't realise that we'd been crowned. I only saw it uh, a, a few days later that they, so they tallied up like the points for and points against and whoever, you know, won the most games by the highest margin, they were the, the winners of the JLT, is that right? Yeah, percentage. You won on percentage. We'll take it, we'll take it. <laughs> we'll yeah. take what we can get down at Morabin. I mean, you lost to 30 games for the season.
1: <laughs> you won two. Like many teams, we won two, yeah. and then they split the percentage, and the Saints are the winner. There is you no me- prize. By you the remember
0: way. in 2004 when we won what was then the Wizard Cup? There's that famous photo yeah. of Lenny Hayes and Grant Thomas looking like absolutely just like what do you call it when you're at a funeral, just like dead face, like no reaction, no smiles, no nothing. And the reason they look like that is because I think we won the Premiership, a preseason Premiership in '96. And we partied for two weeks off the back of that, like at St Kilda. I remember being at that game and we ran onto the ground and people were like tearing stuff off the point post. I remember like we drove out, went out that night, partied for like two weeks straight. And then I think the rest of the AFL said, hey, you realise that doesn't count for anything. <laughs> we're like, all right, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, next time that happens, we'll we'll keep it in check.
1: Do you, do you reckon anyone from St Kilda came in on the Monday after they'd been crowned JLT competition winners dressed in a costume Yeah, it was Mad Monday? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Half the team went to Bali. <laughs> and by the way, for people who aren't uh, football fans or people who aren't Australian football fans, I don't know how many of those lists we actually have, but if there are any, um, Wizard is a home loan company because when you say they won the Wizard <laughs> Cup, it really feels like our pre-season competition used to
0: involve Quidditch. Yeah. That's right. There was a young player named James Hurd who had a little lightning bolt down the front of his head. <laughs> Yeah, that's how they used to do the draft, out of a sorting hat. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a bit of humour for all our Harry Potter AFL fans out there. GWS is Slytherin, (laughs) the end of my references.
1: (laughs) Um, Did you watch much of the JLT? Nah, I must admit that it didn't really excite me much. This is the interesting thing now about the brave new world I live in as a Bulldogs football fan. Is that you don't need to get false hope from these sort of things. In fact, you're kind of hoping that the Bulldogs will do what they did in the pre-season, which was not seem to try that hard, not get anyone too badly injured apart from O'Rourke. Uh, so apart from rourke Smith, I mean, and, um, uh, and just then play good for half a game. So you were like, Oh no, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the perfect preparation, I think, for the Bulldogs. Well,
0: there's a video that was going around online this week, which is from the AFL season launch, which was called... Was it Into the Fury? Is that what it was called? Oh, my God. I watched it last night. Well, just it's just it 12-minute to... piece. Yeah, go on. Tell people what it's about.
1: So it's a 12-minute piece split into three halves. One of those classic sort of footy inspiration... Did you say three split into form. three halves? Yes, correct. <laughs> and <laughs> the first half, the second half, and the bonus half, Charlie... <laughs> The extra time half <laughs> so um, yeah, so it 's split into three thirds, if you will, three acts, i guess it 's told as like a as a script, as if the whole thing was scripted mm. and it 's one of those you know just footy porn things where they match music with inspirational footage and stuff like that, and it 's twelve minutes essentially about the bulldog story last week and it came out last night as i was walking to my show at the adelaide fringe and i had about i saw it was 12 minutes and i probably had about 15 minutes left on my walk and i nearly fell over three times (laughs) because i was so engrossed in this fucking thing on my phone as i'm walking to the show and then last night i definitely had the best show of the entire run because i was inspired i was like you know what i i have to i have to walk into the fury yeah. I have to get out there and do the best show I've ever done. I'm going to watch that every night before the show.
0: I watched that this morning and Gemma was sitting opposite me and I was getting like choked up. Like I had tears in my eyes. I had to stop it like three times because it was so emotional. And then I started thinking, this is like you've invited me around to watch your wedding video. Like you've gotten married and you know, showing the video of the wedding and it is... Beautiful. Like, it's so moving. There's so many great stories. You know, all your old ancestors, all your family, older family members are there. And it's just a story of what you guys have been through to get to this point. And it is the marriage of the century. And it's so beautiful. But I just watched the video and was like, huh, where's my Mr. Right? Where's my Mr. Right? Will I ever, you know, I mean... Am I gonna be Patty and Selma for the rest of my life? Like is that is that just me? Never know true love? Is there any chance that when the winning
1: captain, premiership captain, is up there with the cup, that they should gather the other seventeen unsuccessful captains and then they say throw the cup over their shoulder and whoever grabs it, that's like next year you know, (laughs) potential next year's premier?
0: If that is the case, then it makes sense why we've drafted a former basket, like three former basketball players. Just get the tallest dudes to catch the Premiership Cup. That's what Aaron Santelands has been doing at Fremantle for the last 10 years. Like, I think they're going to change the rules. They're going to toss the cup over their shoulder. That's actually how he broke his rib. (laughs) It was cup
1: tossing practice at training. Secret cup tossing practice. um um yeah i i look uh here's the thing i was going to say about that video is that it is a bit like a wedding video but i think if you're a sydney swans fan it'd be a bit like uh the person was getting married to the person you wanted to get married to oh yeah like and then and then the last third of it is just them fucking like they put their sex tape at the end of their wedding
0: (laughs) wedding video the difference between you and i will is that so you've only been to one grand final that your team's been in to see one victory. So you've seen all those highlights yeah. packages, which is all like, oh, my God, like we did it, we did it. Think of a dude who's seen four separate films in which the closest we got was both teams were unhappy. It was like the the wedding where the, the both the groom and the bride both said, we don't want to do it at the end, and then just walked out and you just left the wedding feeling really weird. But <laughs> those highlights packages, I've seen that bloody Heath Shaw smother so many times, like, well... I bet Heath Shaw's probably seen it more times than me. <laughs> but, like, I live with that. Like, I live... For you, it's this beautiful, like, marriage of music and images and emotion. Like, for me, it's like the... It is the chorus of my nightmares. There was a,
1: there was a moment in it where I started crying. Do you want to identify... Do, can you... Uh, get, do you want to guess
0: what moment in it, it is? Well, if the one... There was two moments that got me... Well, no, it's three. There was Bob Murphy saying goodbye to his daughter... Uh, in, in, the, in the tunnel before the game started. Then there was the tackle and Tom Boyd's goal and just, like, the release on his face. And then, at the very end, Bob Murphy cuddling his daughter and crying.
1: Uh, that first time when he, he, his daughter was there at the game and, like, he was, like, walking out there yeah. and he's, like, giving his wife a kiss and then he gives his daughter a kiss mm. and then they do that little high-five thing. yes. Oh, my God, my heart broke. I was like, as if, like, it was like the filmmakers. You're like, this is already the most inspirational porn story of all time. And (laughs) you just whacked in an extra bit. Yeah. It was like they were writing, like, it's like the guy who writes the notebook. Yeah. You know, Nicholas Sparks. It was like one of those ones where you're just going, oh, wow, this is just, this is just porn now. Yeah. Now you're just playing with my emotions (laughs) mercilessly.
0: Yeah, there was just something about... I mean, look, I I think if you know who Bob Murphy is and you know a little bit about, you know, the kind of guy he is and his personality, that's what makes it even more affecting is because he's the guy who seems to bridge being a footballer with, like, Just another life, like, you know, he's a quality individual and he writes, you know, for the papers and stuff. And so to see that side of him, like the the humanity of it, it's just like, oh, I love him even more. (laughs) Like he's he's in that kind of Lenny Hayes echelon where it's like there's no one who can dislike Bob Murphy. Um, Although I did hear him talking on the radio this week about
1: the best sledges he'd been given. Over the time, and I think it might have been one of your boys. It might have been Cosy. No, no, it was. Uh, it was certainly one of the. Wasn't it no. Maxie Hutchton?
0: Oh, was it Maxie? Yeah, I think it was Max Hutchinson. Are, are we
1: talking about the, the same yeah. one that said you've got a head that looks like a minty?
0: <laughs> no, maybe that was Cosy. <laughs> well, look, we don't win flags, but we win sledging. So we'll take again. We'll take what apparently, we can get at St Kilda. <laughs> apparently, he, he said that he goes, "You've got a head
1: that looks like a minty," and then everyone in the nearby vicinity started laughing, <laughs> and then after. And then afterwards, he had to actually ring the club, ring them up and go, hang on, am I known as Head around St. Kilda? <laughs> Apparently so.
0: Yeah, that's, that sounds like my boys.
1: Ah, oh, man, that's funny.
0: Um, so what I was also going to say about that video is, because we promised for a while, we even attempted to do a grand final wrap-up, but I think that that video does it justice any more than we could like you know i'm sure we will talk about the grand final over the course of the year at length but i don't think there's any need to do it now because if you just want to get a sense of just the kind of uh, mem- uh, why that was so momentous and the, and, the, and the stories behind it and the people behind it it's, it's one of the best sports packages I've ever seen
1: uh, it, it tells a lot about the history of the club and the struggles of the club and it does all that very well in 12 minutes and there's going to be a whole bunch of other stuff come out around the Bulldogs as well there's going to be a, a longer documentary style film I believe oh, you and know what's Martin building Flan- you know I
0: can hear it building behind me Will is the backlash wave it is building it is building if they're going to look at too much stuff it's already started year, oh, what do you mean?
1: Yeah, the bullflogs.
0: Have you not heard this? No. That's the new. <laughs> I approve. That get to the Charlie Claus and seal the approval. The bullflogs. That's great.
1: Yeah, is, so, is that the Martin same Flanagan, people that call the bombers? the bummers? Yeah, I think it's in the same school. Yeah, <laughs> but the bullflogs. Yeah. So yeah, Martin Flanagan's writing a book as well. Who's a beautiful football writer? So that'll be you know amazing, I imagine as well. He's going to, I believe, try to tell the story from. different views and different people's stories right around the ground on the day, which I think is a really yeah, kind of lovely and wonderful idea.
0: It's funny. I've always complained, being a St Kilda supporter, why we keep harping on about 66. But listening to you talk, what I've realised is that if you guys never win another flag, you can ride this day and what happened for the next 50 years, right? Like, there'll never be enough books and videos and retrospectives made for you to consume.
1: I mean... I think you're being optimistic if you think I'm going to live another 50 <laughs> years. But I, but I, but I certainly think that I can ride it out until I'm done. I think this will get me through until I lay down and die. Yeah. yeah. No, you're
0: absolutely right. You're the guy with the terminal illness who's like, well, I'll just take this big shot of heroin because I don't think I'm going to live much longer.
1: Well, you know what this one is like? This one to me is like, it's like the dark night, uh, it's like the dark night rises, right? No, it's like the dark night, sorry. Yeah. So. I've seen Batman Begins. I had some hope, you know, and then I see this thing, then I go, all right, if I never see a decent Batman film again, it doesn't matter because I've seen like the perfect Batman Joker films. Now, if I then have a season this year, that's like the Dark Knight Rises, you know, we make the top, we make the top four, you know, we could compete for the finals. That's still
0: a good year, but I've still got the Dark Knight. It's true. It's like you've always got Empire Strikes Back. Well, you don't want Temple of Doom, but you got Raiders. Let's like you've got the original Back to the Future. You got the original Matrix. It doesn't matter what happens after that. How disappointing it is.
1: Although I was going to say, your isn't your story a bit more like Empire Strikes Back because it finishes on a sad note. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, things that I did want to talk to you about, though, mm. have you seen the photos of Tony Lockett? Oh yeah. Amazing, right? Oh my God, he's lost like forty five kilos. Like Tony Lockett, you know, the greatest ever full forward in the history of the game, and known for being a huge guy who's never really got any smaller. Has lost forty five kilos to the point where, as soon as the photos came out, everyone thought he was dying. <laughs> you know, when someone's lost that much weight, then like the people were checking. They were like, "Is he dying? Yeah. He's got to be dying." Yeah. That's the only way.
0: I actually thought but he's
1: lost. Yeah, he's, um,
0: I thought, wow, Paul Kelly's gotten really tall. <laughs> Musician Paul Kelly, not his best mate Paul Kelly. I realise now that that joke is a bit confusing, especially to this audience. <laughs> Particularly to Plugger. Yeah. He's like, what are you talking about? No, Kel's in my place at the moment. He's got the best mullet ever. <laughs> Yes, uh, in Australia, there's a very famous folk musician, Paul Kelly, and the captain of the Sydney Swans in Plugger's era was also Paul Kelly, just to explain why that was a terrible yes. reference.
1: Or, or Plugger might have also been a really big fan of the columnist from the Australian, the political
0: columnist, Paul <laughs> Kelly. So, Yeah, he looks amazing. A mate of mine who's a Saints fan sent me that pic and said, like, do you reckon we should just, like, rookie draft next year? I'm like, absolutely, get Skimmy Plugger. I mean... He played that well when he was morbidly obese. Can you imagine what he'd be like now, even at the age of 50 or whatever?
1: I mean, I'm not sure he was ever morbidly <laughs> obese, Charlie.
0: There was some, like, I don't think he ever had to go. There were some seasons where he was... He was one of those dudes, though, that was fat fit, like Stewie Jew. There were just certain yeah. players, like Brad Hardy. Like, I mean, they could do a million sit-ups and they're just not going to get a six-pack. But he was athletic. Like, he was really quick off the mark and he was skillful. But, I mean, there's always that argument... In today's game, the running game, you're not going to see a player like Plugger again.
1: No, because that big body, you know, that ability to create space, although I think you still could. As long as they could play defensively, I think that you could still have a player like that because his body size just made it impossible for people to get close enough to spoil him a lot of the time.
0: Well, the, I guess the, the player closest to that at his standard would be Tom Hawkins. Like Tom Hawkins is a stay-at-home, yeah. full forward, big marking, bustling guy, but even he... I mean, if you're a Ford these days, you have to have a defensive side to your game. There's no question.
1: Also, Tom Hawkins uses his bulk in quite a polite way.
0: (laughs) He is. Do you know? Yeah, Tom Hawkins is like a movie star from the 1920s. Tommy Hawkins. Hello, chaps. Even his haircut.
1: It's kind of a bit apologetic for being so big. Yeah. Like, he will knock you out of the way, but not really on purpose. Yeah. And he'll be, I'm sorry. I'm just bigger than you are. It's not really, I'm really sorry about that. Are you okay? Whereas Plugger would see you from 15 meters away and go, you're dead now. Yeah. Get your family to start planning their funeral because I'm about to run through you and murder yeah. you on the football if, field. If
0: you ever want to see what damage plugger could do, just type in Peter Cave and Tony Lockett SCG. My God. like if you p- Virtually put the guy's nose bone through the back of his skull. Yeah. They were the good old ass. <laughs> Now, um, should we do a little... This, this is a season preview, I guess. So the JLT's wrapped up. Um, there's some sort of news around the football. But I figure as we go through the teams, you know, if something comes up that's happened in the off-season, we can get to it. Sure. Um, so yeah, that sounds good to me. Let's start from the... Uh, like Drake, we'll start from the bottom. Now we're here. Uh, so the first okay. team is the Essendon Bombers. Uh, coach, to remind everyone, uh, John doesn't Dyson Heppel, the captain for 2017, uh, taking over from Job, obviously. Thoughts, Will?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's interesting in itself, isn't it? The Dyson Heppel. Um, and both of Dyson Heppel and uh, uh, Jared Roughhead both played junior footy for the Gippsland Power, which is the local, yeah, sort of TAC team from my area. So it's kind of cool to have two a- AFL captains. And I think Bob Murphy might have even paid for that team way back as well. So the Gippsland Power might have three AFL captains at the moment, which is... Are you a, trying
0: to claim I that? I think a pretty... <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, I'm from
0: there. And so... Yeah, so uh, Will, as I think I'm hearing the ferry cruise past your harborside mansion in Sydney and you're fucking pouring one out for the boys from Gippsland.
1: You know what? They don't all live in Gippsland either. (laughs) It's not that there's a Gippsland team. All I'm saying, if there was a Gippsland team, they'd be pretty good in the AFL. That'd actually be a fun pre-season competition. Instead of state of origin, imagine they did sort of, you know, point of origin. Like, particularly in the country, it'd be great to go, let's get Aubrey Wodonga, you know, area, playing against the Gippsland area or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah,
0: awesome. Definitely. Or, or yeah. Even better.
1: Scott, Pe- Scott Pendlebury's from Sale, yeah. so he'd be in.
0: But, it's, it's good but get the retired stars as well. Just, like, the best 20 players from Gippsland. Make a team out of them. Oh. So, like, right up until, like... Yeah, that's good. Cut it off at, like, 65s. What do they call the veteran league? It's, uh masters
1: mate no cut off if you can if you can take the field and you can play then there should be no cut off i love that you're arbitrarily going well i reckon after 65 we shouldn't let them out on the ground with the modern day players <laughs> i reckon it'll just be a case by case basis i'd say charlie all right
0: uh so let my feeling on the bombers and look i have to admit i've actually been no good with my off season uh footy um uh, information gathering well you know what's new for this podcast but I'm going, no. I'm going a lot of vibe. I'm going to be like the lawyer from the castle. Everything I'm talking about is a vibe, apart from the Saints, who I know quite well. But, uh, there's going to be some teams here where, like, I was going through the coaches today. I've asked Mike how to pet the names of the coaches because there's coaches that I don't even know who they are. So, um, I my vibe. Well John Worsfold he, he is.
1: played for the West Coast Eagles. I know who he is. And he was a premiership Worcester. captain and coach. Notorious
0: sledge, apparently. I think only behind Tony Shaw is one of the, like the most annoying players on the field by all polls. <laughs> uh but my vibe on Essendon is that um the only way is up, baby, as Yaz once told us. Uh they survived last year with I think it was three wins, which was probably more than anyone thought they were gonna get. They didn't really use a lot of their top-up recruits, they found some good players. And Westfold did a pretty good job. Like he seems to be putting a, a good message out there considering what is going on for them outside the club at the moment. Like I think they're doing a remarkable job and they've got some really good players. So, I mean, I don't know. Are we going to say what we, well, should we both talk and then decide where we think they're going to finish or? Yeah, yeah sure. Why yeah, not? yeah. Cause I, um, maybe you might say something that changes where I rank them.
1: Well, I agree with you in regard to the fact that it's got to be positive for them. I think for most of the players, having a year out of the game might be early on a bit scratchy, but I think it's going to be good for their conditioning. You know, you, when you see a player who's had a bit of a break, they often come back, you know, with some real spring in their step and I reckon they'll be hungry and they'll be into it. Um, you know, they discovered a couple of great players. Merrick got, like, you know, obviously turned into an absolute jet and, uh, you know, McDonald, uh Tippin' Woody, um, you know, is fantastic. So I think with the players they've got back... And Job looks really fit, you know. I, I, yeah, I think Essener is Well, are he's, gonna... he's
0: lost a lot of weight, Job. He's, he's definitely won Brownlow Larder. Oh, too sorry. Hang on. <laughs> you are the guy calling for Job's head. I was the one defending him last year. I make one Job Watson joke and you're like, oh, right.
1: Well, now that he's lost yeah. it. Oh, you feel bad. I was calling for him to lose it. That's different, Charlie. <laughs> Now he's lost it. I feel really bad for
0: him. Um, okay, so I, uh, I'm i going to... So I don't think they'll finish bottom this year, but I think they'll finish in the bottom four. So, yeah. Oh, you think bottom four? Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay, now I reckon they'll be around the eight. Yeah. I, I think they might not make the eight, but I definitely Ooh, think they'll be around the eight. That's, that's is, the a, is that your lock of the season? Ah, <laughs> oh, well, let's not go too early. <laughs> I mean, these are all wild and crazy predictions. But... I mean, it'd be good to take a, We should actually write down a list of where we're putting these teams because we might have to shuffle them around a little bit more because we'll end up saying yeah, that yeah. every team's okay. going to come ninth.
0: So, all right. So, without... I'm doing two Without having to... Charlie and okay. Will. I'm putting yours around eight. So, set, uh, I'm putting them at, like, nine, between nine and ten. Nine. And I'm putting them... I'm going to say nine, no, no. All right, I'm putting them down the bottom. Bottom four. Okay. Uh, Brisbane Lions. Now, this is...
1: What, what do you reckon about the Brisbane Lions? I don't know. Um, Mike, can you, a... can you
0: throw up some information for me? Cause I don't know anything about the uh, Brisbane Lions.
1: Well, their coach is Chris Fagan. He's hey. Yeah. It's his first year. He's the guy from Oliver. <laughs> He's gone up there to tell them all how to pick a pocket or two. <laughs> so <laughs> that's their new training regime preseason. He's got a whole bunch of urch- urchins in to tell them how to steal the ball from other players.
0: Okay. A very musical club. Uh, where did he play, who did he play for? Was he a player? Did he play for Carlton or something? The name doesn't sound familiar to me. Chris
1: Fagan. Uh, well, he's been at Hawthorne for years. He's been part of... He's yet another one of the people who, you know, went through the Hawthorne system. Yeah, Alistair
0: Clarkson's uh, robots.
1: Yeah, he's six or whatever coaches that have come out of his system. So, yeah. um, new new, new captain. Another team with a new captain. So far, both teams have so, had new captains. Tommy, Tommy
0: Rockliffe, who fought. All money seemed to want out of the Lions last year. Like, it was weird. I mean, he really could not have campaigned harder to get traded, but they kept him and they swapped the captain to the Dane Beams, who, from what I understand, is a very popular kind of player. Like, I don't think that's an unpopular choice. You think maybe, well, if you're Tom Rockliffe, like, you remember when Jake Carlisle was at Essendon and he literally, like, was filmed coming off the ground saying, this club is fucked, this club is fucked. And you're like, all right, well, you know, he won't be there next year. Not that Tommy Rockliffe ever <laughs> can't, <laughs> can't,
1: can't, can't wait for that bit of the inspirational video where they have his audio over the top of, like, this club is fucked. <laughs> this club is fucked.
0: If, I mean, Tom Rockliffe didn't come out that blatantly, but, you know, he was widely regarded as a disgruntled kind of player. So what's his position now? Do you think that maybe with the new, new coach... He doesn't have the responsibility of having to do all the media and stuff. He can just concentrate on being the best footballer he is? Or does the rest of the teammates look at him and go, dude, you were trying to fucking bail last season?
1: There's so many weird rumours that came out of there about what was going on with Rockcliffe last season. Like, you would read in the paper every day there'd be some new rumour. And kind of half of it seemed to be around one theory that he was a, a still a younger, fun guy when a lot of the other guys right. were having families and stuff. Um, and the other one... So, so that's always the um yeah that's always the kind of maybe he was drinking too much or partying too hard right. sort of thing.
0: And and there's also the idea he was considered kind of like the northern Trent Cotchen in the sense that he got a lot of touches but whether or not they're effective kicks or they were short passes or kicks backwards or sideways or whatever which I always think is kind of like a bizarre knock to have on someone. It's like oh yeah he gets lots of possessions but you know they're never attacking. If you don't have a fucking good forward line, you're not going to kick forward. Like, the fact is, he's got his hands on the ball 30 times a game. Like, that's does a bad player doesn't do that. Right. No,
1: no, no. He's definitely a good player. The problem is that he hasn't been surrounded by enough of the other sort of good players. You know, a player like that in a Hawthorne system or whatever, you know, going around racking up, like, you know, perfect sort of player. So... I think what happened was, from what we heard, was he was asked by Lepic to kind of apply some pressure on some players and that perhaps... He overdid it.
0: He actually went with the Brendan Favola pressure points. No,
1: not literally, Tom. Stop it. No, no, he was doing all sorts of things. He was hiding their bills (laughs) so that their phone wasn't paid. He was was making bad investments for them. He was just turning the temperature up in rooms. Just like had a ticking (laughs) clock in the background. Just whatever he could do. Would play queens under pressure at all times. He would
0: sneak into their room at night, put another mattress on top of them, then get on top of that mattress, literally put pressure on them.
1: Uh, He'd waterboard them with the Gatorade. After the games,
0: <laughs> right. So they didn't react well to that because he wasn't. He doesn't have that sort of Nick Revolt kind of, you know, uh, natural born leader quality. Jonathan Brown. He was a young dude trying to like tell guys how to straighten up.
1: Yeah, I think there was. I think there was a bit of that. And then I, what I was hearing the word out of Queensland was that he'd actually pulled. Himself oh, hang on, sorry. Get, pause. You know, coach.
0: Pause. So you are you're getting word out of Queensland? Who's your fucking man on the ground there, Will Anderson? Who, Look, who's your, who's your deep throat?
1: Can't say too much, but me and the Bundy Bear have been having a chat. And... <laughs> Not even the Brisbane Bear, you dick. No, the Bundy Bear, but he knows the Brisbane Bear. They're both bears, Charlie, and they both live in Brisbane, so they mix in the same circles. Yeah. Yeah. So Fair he enough. was talking to the Brisbane Bear, okay. and he passed on <laughs> to the Bundy
0: Bear. <laughs> Shit, we're two teams in and this has already gone off the rails.
1: <laughs> the the Brisbane Bear just is like drinking a lot now. He's actually drinking more Bundy than the Bundy Bear because he's just like fucking lion coming here, taking my job. We used to be the Bears and I was proud and I used to work all the time. What's your feeling on the, on the, the, the Lions this year? Uh, I, I think they will be better than they were last year and they will finish further down the ladder than they did last year. They're my pick to finish bottom this year. Okay, all right. I, um... But I, th- I think they'll, I think they'll have a better season. I think, like, there'll be much, many more positive signs for Brisbane this season, but I still think they'll probably finish on the bottom of the ladder.
0: Yeah. We, uh, I, I feel like last year when I think about Brisbane and every, whenever we talked about them, I felt like we talked about a friend of ours who was dying of cancer. Like, it was always like, ah, oh, fuck, like, God, you know, this is, it's just not fair. And if only they could, they could get a lucky break and, and whatever. Um, fresh start, always a good thing. My vibe that I got on Brisbane is yeah they'll they, they'll finish last. I can't think of I can't think of another candidate unless another team has like a Fremantle like year like Frio did last year where just the wheels completely fall off. Um, I don't know who that would be. So I will also say Brisbane uh, for dead last.
1: All right. Well, speaking of Fremantle, they were the team that uh, finished in uh what 16th place i'm bad at counting backwards but 16th (laughs) place (laughs) i was like we're three in how does that work again um uh was Fremantle ross lyon still coach as part of his 15 year deal and uh now another new captain here we go three teams at the bottom Mm -hmm. all brand new captains and this one is more controversial than it should be, I think, because clearly a year ago he was the best player in the entire competition. He's clearly Fremantle's best player, and he's now their captain, Nat Fife. But there seemed to be a lot of buzz around this about like the players not liking Nat Fife, or they're being Hang some on. sort of rumblings. Hang on, that was, that, that was
0: is, this is like just like the Bundy bear in Queensland. Are you going off that one player who got sacked who sent out that tweet saying everyone hates Fife, or is, have you heard other? Have you got other sources?
1: Well, I mean, I my other sources are the other sources of people who say that shit on the radio. Right. <laughs> so I don't have my own sources. I'm not you, saying that. Hang on. I'm, you, just saying, talking, I'm just saying. Are you talking Ger-
0: talkbackers or, or, or sports journalists on the radio?
1: No, no, no. I mean, Jared Healy
0: has some sources,
1: <laughs> and I trust Jared Healy's sources.
0: Um Look, I understand that. He seems like an easy guy to hate purely because he seems so exceptional in so many areas, like, you know, on the field, off the field. He's that Nick Revolt, Jonathan Brown, natural-born leader. Like, there's no way. Perfect choice for captain. Um, I don't know that your captain necessarily has to be well-liked. Like, I think, especially in a sport, like, all you have to do is uphold the team ideals, you know, as well as you can and, and set an example. And you don't have to... Oh, look, I guess there's a, a an element of, you know, this player is a bit down, you need to have a chat to him or someone's not pulling their weight or whatever. But i don 't imagine like you don 't have to be cuddly feely for that, like I think it's just if you 've got an excellent leader and an excellent player, then I just think that you install him as captain and make that the benchmark.
1: Well, part of the kind of word you heard out was, and this is always one of those like ones where you like they basically said that he was too almost too demanding that his standards are so high. you know that you hear oh, right. that about Buckley a little bit right that mm. he He's doing nothing wrong himself, but the fact that he demands that other people also, you know, do that, that level of stuff was maybe rubbing off the wrong way on other players. Now that really shouldn't be. A slight on him yeah like it's not really his fault that the others are like oh that's too hard yeah. i don't like you yeah. you make us look all bad but you
0: know like he's an overachiever in every field i think he's even got like a helicopter license so i could imagine yeah. if a player turned up late to training and they're like you know he had to front the leadership group and it's why why are you late and he's like well you know there's heaps of traffic if five comes out and goes well you should just take your chopper next time i mean i could imagine right. that would sort of cause some friction I mean, with a dude who looks like a surfer
1: who's been smoking bongs all day, gets out of his helicopter with his brown low around his neck, then, I sure, occasionally you might get a little resentment, I suppose. Oh, and the fact that he's one of the best-looking cats in the league.
0: Is he? I mean... <laughs> is that a thing? Well, girls seem to like him. Well, I mean, have they done a poll? What are you going off well? Is this your fucking Bundy Bear again? This
1: is my... This is my word out of the West. I got I, some word floated over on the Fremantle doctor.
0: I can't believe and, Jared Healy was talking about whether or not girls find Nat Five attractive.
1: No, I was talking to a Fremantle doctor, actual an actual doctor from Fremantle, <laughs> and they
0: not a me- they meteorological said, phenomenon.
1: No, no, no. Uh, but uh, it was the actual doctor that the meteorological phenomenon was named after, and he said that, that a that that was a high honour, and b. Uh, <laughs> that he'd asked around and women definitely found Nat 5 attractive.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I remember... I keep thinking back to when he just started. I don't know... I'd love it if someone could find this clip. But you remember before the game, which was like uh, Pete Hellier's show, Dave Hughes's, like a comedy yeah. uh, football show that they would do uh, before a game when Channel 10 had the rights to the footy. And it was when when... in Nat Five's so maybe first or second year? Whenever he was nominated for a rising star... And I think it happened pretty early on for him, maybe in his first or second season. And they did this interview with him. And I remember seeing this completely shy, like, you know, camera shy, starstruck kind of kid doing this interview, like so nervous and stuff. And back then, he had a short back and sides. You know, he looked about 15 years old when he was, you know, 18 or 19. And um, the interviewer said to him, and uh, I understand they have a nickname for you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, they call me Avatar. And I was like, what? And then they did like a split-screen thing where they held up one of the cat creatures from Avatar, the blue cats, next to him. It's like, oh, my God, he does look like a cat person from Avatar. So... I mean, that
1: ma- that makes Mad Monday pretty easy, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, Fifey's come as Avatar again. Fifey's blued up again. Oh, what? You can't black up, but you can blue up? How is this not racially insensitive?
0: I would like our female listeners to let us know Dude on uh, the Facebook page or on Twitter, like, is Nat 5 f- hot? Yes or no? Because I, I never... Hot or not? Well, I mean, I, you know what? It's hard to say because I understand that his surfer looks and his successful career and his self-confidence and his, you know, that can be attractive quality. So it might, he might be one of those guys where it's too hard to separate. It's like, well, you know, he may not be GQ model, but all that together makes him irresistible.
1: Well, have you yeah. seen that photo of him with his shirt off with the brown, though? no. Like the day after the brow low. Right, I'm going to Google it right now, and then we can have this discussion. As if you don't have
0: it bookmarked.
1: I love that I'm also right now Googling Nat 5 shirt off. (laughs) (laughs) The (laughs) guys at ASIO are like, oh yeah,
0: two guys, one cup's back.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, here we go. You Uh, you can share uh, it with me on
0: Skype. Do you know that? You just drag it into the Uh, message window.
1: Oh, okay. Really? I can do that? All right, hang on.
0: Uh yeah, we're just having a technical meeting on two guys, one cup right now.
1: <laughs> I love this. You're telling me how to do something on live on air. This is a great podcast. It's good, good that it's back. I'm sure people were really missing it. Uh, I've, I've, I have found the photo I wanted though. That's the good news. I now just have I to. I think Mike Al going to find
0: it and sh- share it with me before you even get to doing it. I mean,
1: I, I keep dragging it over, but then it doesn't go into. You've got to the save it to your hole. desktop first,
0: and then drag it into your message <laughs> oh, window. Okay. Oh, all right, well,
1: that is. There we go. And then, hang on. Here we
0: go. Uh, Oh, got it. Holy shit. What is he doing? (laughs) Is he in the Big Brother house? That's what it looks like,
1: right? He's got his beanie on. He's got his shirtless. He's got his brown low. He's on the phone in his tracky dax, And it really does look like it's like Sunday afternoon in the Big Brother house.
0: (laughs) Nah, (laughs) Nah, that's not. But you know what? Looking at that photo, I'm like, sure, I get it. I get it. Like yeah. it. And it and it isn't to do with, you know, him being the best-looking dude, but there's a confidence there. I mean, you know he's on the phone to his fucking accountant saying, "How much? Yeah, sure, great. Yeah." Just uh put it in my my my, my uh spending's account. Spending's a little joke I make, cuz you know, you never really save it and you spend it. All right, buddy. I'll, uh, I'll see you on the, I'll see you on the yacht tomorrow
1: with, uh, Gina. Here's what we don't like about Nat Five: Uh, two things. He always comes dressed as Avatar to Mad Monday, <laughs> and he always makes that spendings joke, and we don't like it. He's the richest guy at the club, and he makes the spendings joke all the time. Anyways, Captain, because he's the best player. Uh, yeah. Uh, where do you, where do you think Freo this year?
0: Well, I think, um, you actually caught it very early. You, uh, you were last year saying, beware the Ides of March, like, uh, you said, look, if they do, if they're smart and they're off season, they'll get Cam McCarthy ready made forward. They'll get the best player in the league back if they have a good trade period. And it turns out they had a really good trade period. So, look, there's no reason. And knowing what Ross Lyon's like, I mean, Ross Lyons is not, well, the jury's still out on how he develops players, but he's got five guns in that team. That's all, he's proven time and time again, you only need five guns. He just needs you know, like 13 other guys who are willing to just, you know, put their bodies on the line and just play roles. So, I mean, Zach Dawson is still at Frio. I uh, was surprised to see in the JLT, which means that, uh, you know, like Ross has a plan. <laughs> like he didn't just fucking... Do you, reckon,
1: do you reckon Ross's book just has one one column which is guns and the other which is just cannon, cannon fodder? Yeah. And that's just yeah. it. He's like, they're my two categories. Uh, guns over that side... Cannon fodder over that side. First day lets people decide what they think they are. Yeah. And then he goes, ah, ha, ha. No, 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 mate. Cannon fodder.
0: (laughs) Um, so my feeling on Frio is I reckon they could go anywhere between say like sixth and tenth. Um, I don't know. They'll definitely get back in the eight, but I think the fact, well, I think is it a bold call to say they'll get in the eight? What do you reckon?
1: No, I don't think it's bold. I mean, they finished top of the ladder a season ago and then they just had a bad season. They could really ricochet back up. Yeah. By the way, I just re- realised when I looked at my computer, I now have a shirtless photo of Nat Fife on my desktop. <laughs> <laughs> Explain
0: that to Amy. <laughs>
1: um, so, uh, I'm going to, s- I think they'll, I'm going to say eight. Yeah, I'm go gonna on. Say eight. I- I'm going to say they're going to miss. Just missed the eight. I reckon, same as you, I'm going to say maybe eight to tenth. So, Actually, I'm going to, I reckon, I'm going to put him let's go with ten, Let's go with. All
0: right, you go ten, I'll go nine. I'm going to put them just outside the Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Because yep. I realise, Will, there's another team that I think might be taking eight spot in the ladder. But we'll get back to that later. Well, oh, here we go. All right. So, who's up next? Um, the Gold Coast Football Club. Yeah. Still got Rodney Aida's coach, which is uh, surprising. Yep. And uh, the first team of 2017 that we're announcing to have co-captains, Tom Lynch and Stephen May, which I was surprised about. I didn't know Stephen May was that highly regarded. I mean, Lynch and May really sounds more like your accountants, doesn't it? That's who Nat Fife's talking to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nat Fife's on the phone to Lynch and May. Are oh, the Gold Coast captains? No, he's accountants. <laughs> um, Tom Lynch is just uh, an amazing player to watch. And he is a superstar that I still don't think we quite... Um, appreciate how good he is. I watched a little bit of that JLT game. Um, you know, the Gold Coast Bulldogs game. And in that first half, you were just looking at him going, yeah, you're a fantastic player. And obviously they have a lot of confidence in him making him. Well, he, he was captain last year as well, or was, is, is it new? Uh, I know he's involved Ablett? in, he was, he, maybe Lynch was involved at least in the captaincy last year, he might have been playing captain for a while. So he obviously has a great, Deal of respect in that regard. It's still a bit hard to tell with Gold Coast. Ablett looked good. Like Ablett looked, you know, back to, you know, feeling fit and looking good. And I imagine if he plays, if they can find some midfielders and he can play sort of halfway between the forward line and the midfield. Yeah. With Ablett and Lynch in their forward line, that's, that would be one of the best one two punches that anyone in the league would
0: have. That'd be up there with your sort of Adelaide type forward line. I think the question with, Gold Coast has always been like, they have all these young guns, all these draft picks, very similar to GWS, but none of them have fired in the way, apart from Tom Lynch, like, you know, Hall and all these kind of dudes, Swallow's been injured, like, when are they going to sort of fulfill, like, they they haven't had that, like, you look at GWS and you just think, Jesus Christ, like, it's, you know, a team filled with football clones, all cloned off the DNA of, you know, Gary Ablett and Lee Matthews, (laughs) like, they're just insane, Gold Coast haven't done anything yet. They just haven't shown us enough. So I feel like they could, it could be a year where they could sneak into the eight, but I also feel like in, Ablett feels like he's got another couple of years left. I think it'd be great to see, let Ablett get his trade value up and then dangle him in front of Geelong. I'd like to see what Geelong would pay to get Gary Ablett back for a final year in, in 2018, So I reckon, you know, give Gary lots of kind of like time on the ground. And I mean, of course, he's always going to get time on the ground. But if I was Rodney Eat or if I was Gold Coast, I'd be like, we want to just maximize the trade value of Gary Ablett. Like I was thinking about that. Do you reckon you could give a second rounder for Gary Ablett?
1: Uh, I I don't know what you get for Gary Ablett anymore because they'll be paying, like it'll be, yeah, it'll be salary cap relief more than anything I would have thought for Gold Coast's sake. You know, they get rid of him. and Is this his last year of his contract? No, he's still got two more. So for them it would be like you know Geelong, him either taking a you know pay cut or Geelong paying some of that to get them off the books. I would imagine would be the biggest appeal. Um, but I reckon if they're successful, he doesn't have to go back to Geelong. But he wants to. You know, he wants to. He-
0: Clearly, he wants to.
1: I know, but if if Gold Coast were, if Gold Coast had a good season this season, if they you know pushed for the eight and say Geelong slid down and didn't, not that I'm suggesting that will happen, I don't think either of those things will probably happen. Why are we talking? Why are we talking about this hypothetical scenario that probably will never happen? If Geelong is more shit than Gold Coast, he might change his mind. Yes, will. And if the moon was made of cheese, you could
0: eat it. (laughs) That's a fucking genius concept. Stop the podcast. Look, I just feel like I just nothing against Rodney Eight. I've always quite liked Rocket. I just there's nothing sexy about this. Again, vibe. Nothing sexy about this this team. There's nothing sexy about this situation. Even with Brisbane, I feel like because they've started again and swapped captains, there's like a you know I've got renewed interest. Whereas Gold Coast, I just feel like I'm going to see the same shit. Which is like, eh, they'll win like six to eight games, but they won't make the eight. I feel like they'll finish tenth.
1: Yeah, I mean, i I got to agree with you. I reckon they're going to be close to the eight. I reckon they'll win enough games that they look during the season like they could make the eight, but they won't end up. So they'll end up around 11th or 12th or something like that, I'd imagine, if they
0: have a good season. And Stephen season. Mays... Isn't Stephen May out for most of the year anyway? Dislocated his hip? Oh, yeah. But they've got two-metre Peter, and they've got, <laughs> like, Oh, you know, fuck, I forgot about two-metre Peter.
1: Right. I mean, you've got to love a club that has two-metre Peter. And Tony Cochran... I love
0: Two the meter Peter and to Tony Cochrane sound like two porn stars side by side.
1: Oh, they really do too, don't they? <laughs> uh, hi. Welcome to Sexmo. This is Two Meter Peter. And this is uh Tony Cochrane. <laughs> uh, would you like the Tony Cochrane Cochrane? This is it's really good. <laughs> if you'd like to stick it up Koshi, I recommend the Tony Cochrane Cochrane.
0: Oh uh, yeah, so uh fill me in on that little uh that that debacle, because I, I didn't catch a lot of it where I am. Well basically
1: what happened was that you know so Port Adelaide, they put together this you know, game in China. China. And, and then what happened was that they, they didn't want to make it their own home game, even though they put together the deal, which I think was Port Adelaide being a little too clever for their own good, to be honest. So they wanted to get another team involved that would take it as their home game, right? So the Gold Coast were that team. The Gold Coast got involved. Makes sense, right, to the Gold Coast. If you look at the tourism numbers, and like tourism is the Gold Coast's biggest industry, and a lot of those tourists are coming from China, right? So this is a perfect opportunity for the Gold Coast. Um, and so the Gold Coast are like, well, it's our home game, and we don't have a clash with Port Adelaide, so what we'd like to wear in that game is our home strip. And Port Adelaide are like, oh, hang on, your home strip is the colours of China. <laughs> So we've organised this game in China and now no one in the crowd is going to back for our team because the team we're playing against is wearing the colours of China. Why did we never notice that their home strip is the colours of China? And so then they started to go, oh, well, they can't wear their home strip. And Tony Cochran's like, ah... Uh. <laughs> This is, these are our colours, and we're playing in China in our home game. So guess what colours we'll be wearing, mate? Uh, the colours are China. I'm going to put on my Tony Cochrane cock ring and fuck up your plans.
0: And Tony Cochrane, not a president who minces words. I love the idea that Port Adelaide has worked so hard to pull this together, and Gold Coast potentially are just going to leapfrog over them and just absorb 14 million new members.
1: Right. I mean, it's perfect for the Gold Coast. Yeah. It's really, that's like, I mean, that's like Koshy being like this girl at high school who, who needs like a, a wing, a wing mm. girl, you know, to take her to oh, the yeah. dance. But she's take, but she's taken someone heaps hotter yeah. who's going to pass everyone at the yeah. boiler.
0: <laughs> I think that, I think I did that exact thing. <laughs> Uh, all right, next team is Carlton. Coached by the most adorable coach in the league, Brendan Bolton. You just want to give him a cuddle, don't you? He's so adorable. Good on you, Brendan. You want to tap him on the top of the head and give him a quarter. Go down and buy yourself some mixed lollies, Brendan Bolton. I mean, he's so enthusiastic. And look, I think
1: Carlton are going to go worse than they did last
0: oh, year. Oh, yeah.
1: I don't think that's necessarily a panic station sort of thing. I think they overachieved a little Hang on, last sorry. Could just pause? Where do
0: you reckon Gold Coast is going to finish? Like 10th? Uh,
1: let's go with... I mean, I'm guessing here. I don't have a list in front of me, but let's go with 12th. 12th. We can 12th. always adjust at 12th. the end of
0: the show if we want to make it some So 12th. Yep. Okay, i put him down there for you.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, Carlton. Yeah, I think they're going to have a... a It looks to me like they're probably going to have a pretty hard season, I would say. I reckon they'll give a whole bunch of teams a scare at different times because, like, I think he's got them believing and he's got them playing a good structure and all those sort of things and he has a plan, but I just don't think they have the guns. They've got this young spine that all look like they could be really good players. I mean, obviously in Crips and, you know, a couple of others, they've got some really you know, good young players who you can build a team around, but I just feel like they're going to take a step backwards this year before they take a step forwards.
0: Yeah, and uh, Mark Murphy is captain again for this year. Um, we said last year that we uh, felt no guilt enjoying Carlton's demise because we were two guys who grew up in the 80s from struggling clubs who watched Carlton bash us around for, for two decades. And so, I don't know, Will, I actually am starting to feel a bit, a bit of I don't know if I can even say it, but a bit a bit a bit sorry for the blues. Like I do. I just sort of feel like I've got a lot of mates who barrack for Carlton and they're going away from football. Like it's that club is in sort of dire straits in terms of I'm sure not financially, but just the decisions they've made in the last since pagan, you could argue, have all been terrible.
1: Yeah, look I, I think Bolton's probably a really good coach and from the way that he runs the club, you hear really positive feedback about like I mean, one of the things they did at the Carlton launch, which I thought was a really nice touch, was they introduced the women's team and the men's team side-by-side side as part of the season launch, and I thought it was a really nice touch. They've got a whole-of-club approach. It feels like they've got rid of that old Carlton, you know, cheating cronies El- you know, Elliot buying premierships. Pig's ass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I reckon if you were going to build the opposite to John Elliott, it's Brendan Bolton.
0: Yeah, you know, I do like Brendan Bolton, and I actually like a lot of players. I think last year, in the same way that the Tommy Rockliffe thing rocked the boat, um, Gibbs wanting to go back to Adelaide. I, cause I remember that was, that was the one subplot during trade period that had me glued because he was so adamant that he was going and the Blues were, Sylvani was so adamant that they weren't going to trade him. And like, I remember when it came down to D Day and it's like, oh shit, man, like, what's he going to do? And I was listening to it and it's like, you gambled, like you rolled the dice then that you did a Tom Boyd. You're like, fuck it, you know, I'm going to, I'd rather sit the game out a year or whatever. And it didn't come off. You have to fucking front up the preseason. Even though you're Bryce Gibbs and you, yeah, you know, you're one of the best players in the team and stuff, but like when that coach is doing all that shit about, you know, you we're twenty two brothers out here and we're just, you know, all gonna throw a body if it's your turn to go, you just go, like at some point don't you just turn to Bryce and be like, You're about to fucking walk out the door, dude.
1: Uh, I don't know. I reckon that world's changed now. I reckon, because, I mean, everyone knew Dangerfield was leaving, you know, Adelaide, for example. And I think as long as you put in hard and lead by example, that I think they, people know, players know, we live in a world now where you can't, you know, it's a workplace. Uh, that's bullshit. And, that know, is
0: bullshit. Every time a player has wanted to go, contracts mean nothing. They've gone. Like, it's, it's it's common wisdom that if you have a player who doesn't want to be there, like a la Alar a la Cam McCarthy... Then it is in your best interest for the culture of the club and for your press to just let them go. I mean, you you don't want to look like you're getting bent over, but you you don't want to keep a guy to, uh, who doesn't want to be there. You don't want to keep them at your club. And I think, look, I but I think you're I think you're assuming that he
1: genuinely doesn't want to be there. And I think there's a difference between like, for for example, O'Keefe at Sydney. Remember when he he wanted to go to Hawthorne? And then like they couldn't get it done, and then he came back to the club, and he you know played great, and was like a you know very strong player for Sydney for years after that. I think he can do it as long as it's the, the right attitude. It's got to, it's got to come down to the player at the end of the day, you know. And they obviously thought that Gibbs was a good enough a character or whatever that you know keeping him at the club, he wouldn't sook it up and you know take his bat and ball go home sort of thing. Yeah,
0: I mean I feel like Carlton. I think they could finish second last. That is my vibe. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Are they I better than Are they better than Brisbane? Brisbane? Or, I don't know. All right, yeah, I'm going to put them at second last. Are you going to put in there as well? Yeah, second
1: last. But here's the other thing: the unknown quantity is we don't know how good GWS are going to be, and Carl, Carlton now are pretty much the GWS seconds. So, so you know, there there might be a chance that a couple of those young GWS guys that Sauce has recruited. Are actually very, very good players who just haven't had the right opportunities yet. And Sauce so. is,
0: and Sauce is no, uh, he's smart. Like, he was, he worked under Ross Lyon. He's been at GWS. Like, I imagine that, look, I think most clubs are happy to take GWS's scraps at the moment. Like, you know, we'll get to the Saints, but Jack Steele, who's come across from GWS, couldn't get a game and he may be our best midfielder this year. Like, <clears throat> I agree. Like, I think if Carlton can get enough of those picks right, then it could work out. But they just feel a long way. In every other department. And, you know, there's also... Like, Levi Kasbold... Well, you look at
1: Silvani, you look at Wiedering, all those guys are clearly going to be really, really good footballers. And you've got Crips in the middle as well. You've got mm. some genuinely... You know, but... At the moment, you've also still got Levi Casbolt. Yeah. And it's hard to believe that a team that has Levi as one of their gun up forwards is going to be a team that does much, you know, business during the but season. But Levi no res- Levi,
0: no Levi Levi. <laughs> Levi the Casbolt effect. Levi reminds me a lot of Stewie Lowe. Like Stewie Lowe was a fantastic mark and a terrible kick in the first five, six years. And then he never became a great kick, but he came a, became a competent kick enough to the point where you know, if you got him within fifty metres of the goal and, and the angle wasn't too hard, he, he could kick straight. But he was a leader, you know what I mean, and and he was always going to be captain of that club. Like he was, you know, he was a guy who that classic, you know, worked the way he worked on the track. And I don't know much about Levi Casbolt in that regard, but if he can acquit himself on the field and, you know, keep presenting. It doesn't matter if he's never the greatest kick in the world. Like, he's a natural athlete and they don't have enough of those kind of 23, 24 year old kind of guys leading the way. Like, they've got, there's a big gap between the kind of Simpsons and stuff down to, you know, the Weederings. Like, they need more of those, even if you get him in for three or four years, those bridging kind of players.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Hey, uh, can we just pause yes. just for a, a couple of minutes? I, I've run out of liquid, so I
0: just want to <laughs> okay. grab a drink. No worries. Give
1: us, I might do a bath, bathroom break while we've stopped as well. So okay. t-
0: maybe just if we take you know, three or four minutes. Okay, that's cool. Right. I'll be back in a couple as well. All right, next up is uh, Two Guys One Cup favourite. Maybe a league favourite. We have a lot of affection for this team. It is, of course... The Richmondy Richmond.
1: Now, the Richmondy Richmond looked pretty Richmondy in pre-season. Uh, it says up here on our information that their captain is Trent Cotchen, but that is actually TBC still, because they haven't actually named a new captain yet, even though they had Captain's Day at the other day and Trent Cotchen went along, but they haven't actually elected their new captain yet. So that's very
0: Richmondy. So TBC is, have, went, is to be Cotchen?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Probably is to be Cochin still, but it'll be interesting to see if Rewalt's back in the leadership group and what they do with the leadership at Richmond. Like, Cochin obviously is, like, we mentioned him earlier when we were talking about Brisbane, like, he is a bit of a whipping boy and I can understand why they might go in a different direction if they had somebody else, but I think Cochin would be pretty unlucky not to not to be captain again,
0: I think. You wouldn't put Alex Rance in there?
1: Yeah, I'd put Rance in there, but I think they've got weird leaders there. You know, Cochran I think, is probably a really great leader, but he's just not everything that you want in a leader, and I think Rance is probably a little bit the same. Like, you know, he's a brilliant, brilliant footballer, easily the best backman in the entire league, but I don't know if he's quite got that... You know, kind of sense of being the team captain. I mean, he was the guy who was going to have a year of footy. Mm. He was the guy who, you know, comes back six weeks later from the preseason. Now he's their best player, but is is he the captain material? I don't know either. And Rewalt, he seems to be the team leader. You know, the one that the boys actually get around and can inspire them. But he's sort of so up and down and so unpredictable that I think it's hard to give him the captaincy as well. Hmm. So
0: it's funny that the best player or one of the best players at Richmond would be sort of up and down, it's hard to predict. Isn't that strange?
1: All Richmond E's stars are so Richmondy. <laughs> That's the great thing about Richmondy. It's a brand right across it. But it did lead to one of my favourite moments on uh, radio this week because uh, I was listening to the SEN Breakfast Show and uh, during the week there was two people. So they had Gil McLaughlin on and he was talking about how his favourite day of the entire year was like Captain's Day and how he got to you know hang out with the captains and you know, kind of have this fun day. And then Neil Baum came on and was doing an interview about that they were sending Cochin, even though they hadn't elected a captain. And he goes, Captain's Day has got to be the biggest waste of the day <laughs> in the entire <laughs> – and I was like, oh, it's good to have you back, <laughs> Barham. I love it.
0: Now, how much of this season, uh, apart from bizarre losses and uh, uh, personnel fallout, how much of this season is going to be taken up with Dusty's contract talk? Like, it, it's going to be as big as Dangerfield, right?
1: Well, I mean, you, did you see in America that uh, the Mark Williams footy incident? Uh, no, what was that? So Mark Williams is involved in this new football. It's kind of a football that's got different panels on it and it comes with an instructional video and sort of teaching you how to kick in different ways and correct technique i believe i believe peter
0: dacos was the first one to bring one of those out 20 years ago nothing new choco
1: yeah but dacos is one you never were allowed to kick it in the actual right part of the ball (laughs) he was like you can only kick it up this little top bit and on the side there and from this angle they're the only two places on the dacos ball that you can kick it from Um, and so he invited Dusty Martin down to be part of the launch obviously you know that get a bit of press and then the press only asked it turns out the press didn't want to know about the ball
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good idea I'm going to pick the one player at the club to come down and help me support the launch of the ball the one guy who all the media attention is already on oh they didn't ask about the ball that was funny
1: Yeah, it's weird that they ask this guy who doesn't like answering questions about this thing, this one question he doesn't like answering questions about. (laughs) I mean, that's got to worry you if you're Richmond, I think, because I just don't understand why, if he if he does want to stay, why he wouldn't. But again, Martin's another example. Fife. You know, you got this player. Fife's put it off. Who's clearly... Yeah, but Martin's one of these guys where you're like... I think with Fife... You know, you've made him captain of the club, and as long as Fremantle come back and are playing around the finals or like competing for the finals, I can't see five leaving Fremantle. But I could see Martin leaving Richmond, and he's yet another example of like a, one of their top four superstars who's so richmond Yeah, you just you couldn't put you couldn't make Dustin Martin your captain. even Yeah, despite whether you'd want to or not. But yeah, it's just not that same thing.
0: It's funny. They did the uh, the players pick their top 50 that They've been doing releasing on the AFL this week. And I was actually kind of surprised. Like, I didn't realize that. Um, I mean, I know Dustin Martin's a good player, but I didn't realize how well regarded he was in the game. Him and Alex Rance were both in the top ten, which is amazing. That a team that didn't make the finals last year have two players in the top ten that are considered by the players as you know the best top t- uh, two players in the top ten of the best fifty in the entire AFL. That's pretty Richmondy. Yeah, it's it's very Richmondy.
1: All or nothing. Richmondy. It's the Richmondy way. Um, well, he's been top five in the Brownlow two years in a row, Dustin Martin. So you've got to consider him one of the, I would have thought that makes him at least one of the top 10 players yeah, in the game. I think
0: Nick Del Santo did that a couple years in a row and, and Scott West and stuff. I'm not sure that necessarily makes you like a top five, right?
1: Uh, I mean, but I reckon it makes you top 10. I reckon if you're two years in a row, top five, and what was he third or whatever in the Brownlow last year? Mm. Or second, whatever he was, he was right up there. You, you go, well, that's. I mean, that, I think that makes you a top 10 player. It's got it, right? Uh,
0: Richmond, uh, there's a couple of teams who had good off seasons trade-wise. Richmond seemed to do pretty well, I thought.
1: Yeah, good players. Caddy, I reckon, is a really good player. They got from Geelong. And obviously they got... Um, Dion Prestia. Yeah, as well, who's great. You know, so I think they're, t- they're two players that are really going to help them a lot, I think. And, you know, maybe with Richmond, they certainly seem to be playing a very different style of football. Like, I reckon last season, they're... I do it
0: well. You are trying to apply logic and statistical data to whether or not you think this team, like, look, it doesn't matter. This is like one of those tricks that magicians do when you're watching the TV and they're like, everyone think of a number, blah, blah, blah. And then they tell you and you're like, Oh my God, how'd they do that? Like, this is the opposite. (laughs) Like, we can all look at Richmond and we'll all have an expectation and somehow none of us will be right. Like, It doesn't matter how many. The one thing we know
1: is it won't be what any of us think. (laughs)
0: Yes. Like there's only 18 places they can finish. And somehow Richmond will be the team that everyone will get wrong. Even if we hired 18 people to pick one through 18, somehow Richmond would do something to make that null and void. They'd get like cut out of the league for a year or something like that. Uh, Mike
1: Howell, can we look up what the Richmond Tigers slogan for the year 2017 is? Like, you know, what their kind of aspirational slogan, their motivational slogan, it's, their tag. It's just is. a
0: giant question mark, Riddler style. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Richmond, expect the unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> Richmond, who the fuck knows?
0: <laughs> Richmond, flip of the coin.
1: I mean, we are talking about a team that finished, got beaten by a team that finished ninth. In the finals a couple of years ago. I mean, there is nothing this team can't do to amaze us. So, um, here we go. Strong and bold, like a like a <laughs> like a wine. That's it like, that is a yeah, that is a beer ad tagline. You know, it's like Guinness, strong and bold.
0: <laughs> yeah. The problem is there's no emoticon for just shrugging, so they couldn't come up with something in time for this season. I mean, look, who fucking knows? I don't feel that like they'll make finals. I reckon. I mean. Who fucking knows? Like I, I just don't feel like they they'll have a breakout season. I feel like they are, you know, unfortunately what the cliche is, they're ninth men. I feel like they will finish. They'll hover somewhere outside the eight.
1: Yeah, I know. I seem to be putting a lot of teams in the sort of eleven to twelve sort of you know bracket of this ladder but i reckon they're going to be have i got anyone in 13th yet i reckon they're going to finish about 13th that's my richmond prediction no so okay so you're so, so you're
0: putting in between say essendon and gold coast gold coast underneath yeah that
1: feels about right all right yeah okay. yeah okay yeah there we go 13th i'm gonna put richmond 13th uh yeah
0: i think I'll, I'm, I'm about the same i'm gonna put them in the same about 13th right um, but who knows? So we'll both be. So go- <laughs> and so I look forward to grand the grand final day is- when when Trent Cochin, perhaps Alex Rance is holding up the cup. <laughs> Dustin Martin's still not answering questions <laughs> about his contract.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's move on then. Uh, Richmond, uh, where well, they will be Richmondy. That's what we. They'll know. be strong and bold. Hollywood.
0: I- They'll be strong and bold. Like that Tigers are bold. It- they're strong, and they're- I just I just got it.
1: Ah, guys, you haven't even gone outside your song. I always feel like that's not trying. It was like when the Bulldogs were, you know, through
0: and through. And you're like, yeah, mate, I get it. It's in the song that we never get to sing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next uh, team controversially was left out of last year's uh, recap, which is the Collingwood Magpies. We had a quick discussion off air whether or not we should leave them out for two years in a row as a little gag. And then uh, Will rightfully pointed out we'll be cutting out a large portion of our audience.
1: Right. I said, Charlie, let's not alienate them by not talking about Collingwood. Let's alienate them by talking about Collingwood.
0: Now, their coach is probably the dude who is on the tightrope this year, Nathan Buckley. He's uh, loaded up. Like, he's put it all on black. He's really black and white. He's really going for it. And it seems like an insane gamble he didn't have to take. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, if he just had not, like, said what he said and, and loaded up with experienced players, he could have just fucking kept his head down and probably got another two years. And, you know, they've got some good players. They've got a good midfield. But he fucking went out and made this declaration. I don't know. Maybe it was on his vision board or whatever it is when he was shifting around his top five, his top five slogans for the year. It's like, we're definitely going to make the finals or it's my job. It's like, fucking hell, dude. Top,
1: fi- top, t- top, top five lessons I learned from the secret. You've got to visualize it. You've got to say it, you know. I mean, look, I don't think they're going to make the finals, but I don't think that that necessarily means that Nathan Buckley will lose his job. I see a, a better season for Collingwood. I think they're going to be right around the finals, Ooh. but probably
0: not quite. Yeah. It's a big call. Yeah, I reckon. You don't think they'll miss Travis Cloak?
1: Well, I think they might. I think cloke has been looking pretty good. At the oh, we'll get pre-season. to that. We'll get to that. Don't worry. Uh, well, we, we have to get to the fact that I hung out with Travis Cloak and... I am very glad to report that he's clearly never heard the podcast. Oh, right. <laughs> Cuz we got on fine. It was all right.
0: <laughs> uh Collingwood, I feel like there's too much pressure on them. I feel like I feel like they are the North Melbourne of 2017. I feel like they've gambled on a couple of older players and stuff. One who apparently yeah. doesn't seem to like training too much from from what we understand.
1: Yeah, that the Daniel Wells thing worries me a lot. Like he, he doesn't look like he's going to play anywhere near enough football for them to make that worthwhile. I think some of their kids are going to be good. I mean, Darcy Moore looks like a real champion in the making. And I think they're going to really benefit from having Elliot back. Because he's really, to be honest, statistically, apart from Pendlebury, almost their best player. Yeah. And he missed most of last season. And he's such a dangerous forward. So I think... If you've got him, you've got Darcy Moore. They look like they're going to play Mason Cox a bit more as a kind of target down forward as yeah. well, and he seems to be improving. We're
0: going to one of those We're going to get Cox, doing... Cochrane, and Two Meter Peter all in the same room. Yeah,
1: Mason Cox could certainly be the third in that porn star triumvirate. If they were doing a gangbang and like uh, Two Meter Peter and Tony Cochrane were like, "Hey, we need another guy," you would certainly go straight, straight to him, but um, <laughs> straight to Cox. Let's get Mason on the line. Give them a sonic uh, handshake, which is with his m- massive <laughs> Um, Sorry, I've hit the wall. <laughs> this has been going forever and we haven't even made it halfway through.
0: <laughs> so. I, uh, I Look, I, I feel like there's too much pressure on them. I think that they could do a North Melbourne. I think maybe they... Look, they won nine games last year, which only puts them, what, four games out of the eight? Uh, no, not even. Three games out of the eight. Percentage, uh, obviously, not considered. So they don't have to win too many more games this year to be in finals contention. I just feel like they have created extra baggage for themselves and they've got players coming back from injury. They've got new players, to the club, if you were top four and you'd topped up makes sense. But I just sort of feel like this is, it's going to be too much pressure and they are the most scrutinized club in Australia. And Col- I, anecdotally have you met a collingwood fan who's who's happy with nathan buckley as the coach
1: oh i mean i've met some who are very very unhappy (laughs) with nathan buckley as a coach and i was driving around adelaide with one of my well my tour manager the the woman who manages my like national stand-up tour and she is a passionate collingwood fan lifelong collingwood fan loves but she has never liked uh,
0: nathan as far as i remember she's never been a fan
1: no, but it's fair to say that's ramped up. <laughs> uh, and I heard all about that. She, she certainly had a very strong pre-season. She's been doing some uphill running so that she can get her lung capacity in shape to really get into Buckley. And by the way, didn't have a lot of nice things to say about Eddie Maguire either. It oh, out. Jesus Christ. Oh uh, yeah, I shouldn't have got her started.
0: I, uh, I'll i put Collingwood around 10th. Where are you going to put him?
1: Yeah, I need uh, somewhere around there as well. Like, Do I have somewhere 11, 12? I, seem like, I feel like I've said that stuff a You're gonna lot. You're
0: going to put him above ri- so, Richmond. Richmond, you said 13, Bat- yeah. so let's put them at like 11, 12. I can always squeeze another team in between. Yeah,
1: there. 12. Yeah, let's, let's go with 12. Yeah, I'm going to go with 12 for Collingwood. That uh, sounds good And
0: let's me. just say, uh, once again, um, if Collingwood don't make the finals, it's a good season. Good season. Yeah.
1: No, I think, I think it'll be one of those really great seasons where they look like they might make the finals, but don't. And then Buckley does well enough that he keeps his job and all those Collingwood fans keep going, ah, <laughs> I'm really mad about this, and you're not quite as successful as you should be. And that will be the ideal season for everybody.
0: <laughs> Next up is the Melbourne Demons. Uh, new coach, Simon Goodwin. New, uh, Well, not new, new... New captain, new co-captains. Uh, Nathan Jones has been the captain yeah. last year, but now he's joined by tough-as-nails Jack Viney, who debuted in the players' uh, top 50 this year, I think at number 50. Um, look, this... I don't feel like I can talk about this team objectively because they are on a similar trajectory to my team. Uh, and as much goodwill as I want to have, and I, I appreciate that there's a lot of goodwill for this team right now, they could steal our seat at the dance. So, uh, I see all the potential in the world. I think they've got a shit ton of good players, all very young. I think they're on a similar trajectory to the Saints, but I think maybe they've got, they've got more top end talent. Like their elites could be anything, like their Hogan's, their Petrakas. Um, they're good. I mean, Petrarca,
1: Petrarca's barely played and watching him a couple of times in pre-season, you were like, what are his odds for the Brownlow? Yeah. Like, he's that sort of player where you just see them and go, if you realize your potential and are able to be out there, you're going to be a, a person who dominates. He this looks game like at he, the highest he's level. like a
0: young Mark Rusciuto. Like, he's 18 or 19 years old. He's a bull. I mean, it's funny. Like, there's been a lot of chat on Saints sites about like, oh, like we picked McCartan instead of Petrarca. I just think it's a needs thing. Like, I, I look, Paddy could be anything and Petrarca could be anything, but the safe bet was Petrarca. Like, midfielders are always a, the safer bet. You know, they come on earlier. It's easier to predict what kind of player they're going to be, but we needed a tall forward. As you know, being a Bulldogs supporter, like, you have to get that once in a lifetime or that, you know, once a draft kind of forward. So that's what we went for. But. Yeah, man. Like, I think there will be many a game where I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like, fucking Petrarch carving us up. Yeah, I think Melbourne are going to have a really good season. I, I would
1: think. Like, you know, it's always a bit hard to tell with Melbourne because they just haven't had success for so long. I mean, even the fact that they have to play you guys round one, right? And they're playing at Etihad where they haven't won for like 25 they years. They haven't beaten us in and like like, they, four,
0: like 14, last 15. 14 or 16 games, games or yeah. something
1: like that. Ridiculous. I think it's sixteen. I think it's sixteen games in a row they haven't beaten you. So there's stats like that when it comes to Melbourne that worry you a little. But I think they're going to make the finals. I would. I, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty confident, as much as you can be about these sort of things, because I think this is a um, really strong year for the finals. Like there's a lot of good teams, but I reckon Melbourne will just sneak into the eight, maybe an eight. It
0: kind of feels like. Look, there's two ways this could go, and we've talked about this on uh, on this podcast before, but. So, Kilda and Melbourne are at a point now where they've been stocking up on draft picks and they've been getting experienced players in, and they're in that, you know, window of like they've got to take the next step. Now, traditionally, teams that have a bit of a run on, like come from, say, second last to just outside the eight, like the Saints and the Demons have done, traditionally, that year they finish just outside the eight. There is a lag year. There's the difficult second album period. And then something happens and then they learn how to be like a, a winning team and then they'll go into the finals. Uh, Bulldogs are one team that bucked that trend. You guys won your premiership a lot earlier than expectations. Hawthorne in 2008 did that. But generally, that is the vibe. I don't think both St Kilda and Melbourne will stumble. I think one of them will and it's, a, well,
1: I, I reckon Melbourne are in a great position because, I mean, even when you look at those captains, like, you look at them, like, if there was going to be a captain's fight, like, firstly, all due respect to Bob Murphy, but we would not do, do well in a Royal Rumble <laughs> of the captains in, like, a fight, you know? Um, but the, the Melbourne co-captains, you would back against anyone. They are two of the hardest guys going around, and they have a whole bunch of other players like that. You know, I think Brayshaw didn't play a lot last season, but the season before when he was you know, fit and ready to go. He he looked as hard as, you know, Viney is as well. And I think they've got a lot of skillful players now. I mean, Hogan, obviously, it depends on whether he steps up and really kind of becomes but that player that he should settled. be. what they're settled What Jack Watts does,
0: but... They're settled, that's yeah. the thing. Like, I mean, they only... They knew that they had a development coach for two years. So I think psychologically, there's got to be an element of you that's like, well, well, you know, this is less like in dress rehearsal. But now they've got Goodwin in, he's been installed... They've got to pull the trigger. Like, the timing's right. All those kind of high draft picks are now 50 game players. No,
1: I agree. It's like that thing you were saying about protecting against going backwards. I think the whole new coach thing, even though Goody's been there, obviously, like him being in his first year, I think that will help them kind of stop that momentum. I reckon they're, I mean, I still still think they're going to be unreliable and they're going to lose some they shouldn't, they definitely shouldn't lose. But I
0: reckon they will make the eight. I'm going to lock them in for eighth. Okay. There you go, Melbourne fans. Um, Jesus. If I put them in at eighth, it means I think we're going to finish at least seventh. All right, fuck it. I'll put them in at eighth. Which leads us uh, to a team that... Oh, actually, before we go on to Port Adelaide, Jack Watts, your take. Ah, look. Again,
1: look, I've heard some whispers out of Melbourne. Oh, God. (laughs) Fucking
0: hell. Who have you been speaking to?
1: By which I mean I've been listening to Gary Lyon on his football show uh, on his breakfast show and he gets some whispers out of Melbourne, obviously. Gary Lyon's got good info out of Melbourne. And, um, although, by the way, Gary Lyon, um, it's one of those things where, cause he's hosting a, a show on SEN now. And obviously he very publicly last year had a battle with depression and also, uh, had an affair and I believe is now still with, uh, his mate Bill Brownless's wife. And, yeah, you know, I think he's doing really well on the radio. They did like a big interview with Mike Sheehan and kind of talked about it and talked about the depression and stuff and handled it quite well. And then the other day on the Sen website, uh, there was a headline because Gary Light had made some comments about Jack Watts, right? So the headline was like the. That- What's hadn't worked uh, uh, hard enough over summer, or what? What did Jack Watts done over summer? And the first comment underneath was, "Oh, Betty wasn't rooting his best mate's wife Whoa. over summer, Gary."
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I
1: was like, if you're the person who's operating the phones on that radio show, or the person who's like the internet, like. You know, person, every time you put an article up, you just have to like be over <laughs> the feed going, get rid of that one, delete that one, delete that one. I'm going to have to delete that one.
0: Yeah. It uh, feels like Jack, a uh, victim of poor timing. Like, uh, that club has become very good in a period where he was slow to find his feet and he had a good season last year. Like, I mean, I think everyone was came, came, came fifth
1: in their best in Ferris last year,
0: but I mean, he's, He's been like battered from pillar to post, you know his whole career, and I don't know I mean at some point the psychological thing's got to get to you after a while. I know every place is they don't read the papers, but you've got to be aware of what people are saying like that number one tag is like a is is a pretty heavy burden, and you know suddenly there's they've got options, they've got players to choose from there's competition at club, and you know I don't know I, I I could imagine I don't know anything about the bloke. I just know that he's taken a long time to get good, he had a good year. But now his team's really good. And it's like, well, how good was he? Was he good for that period where they were on, on the rise? But, you know, not the team they are now.
1: I, I think he is good enough to play in that team. And I think he'll play in the team most of the year. But I reckon there's some aspects of his game that they're not happy with. And I reckon some of it might be defensive pressure. And it's like when, um, Beveridge dropped Jake Stringer for pretty much the exact same reason, you know, two weeks before the finals, because it was that sort of thing of going, there's some elements of your game that you are not doing properly. And we want to send you a message about, you know, and if you do those, and I think Jack played pretty well in that game when he got back in. I know he was playing, he's playing in the VFL this weekend. So maybe, he may on, you know, it'll depend probably a bit on how he plays in that, whether he plays round one, but, I think he'll play most of the season. And I think he's one of those players that he's never going to be the the number one down the forward line. But if you've got a Hogan or, you know, somebody else being the number one, I think he can be a very, you know, like he's a beautiful kick for goal. He's got great skills. Like he's very classy. Well, you, think about,
0: you, you know, think about Justin Kaczynski taking number two behind Nick Revolt. Justin Kaczynski gave glimpses but never really fulfilled his potential but ended up playing 200 games, kicking like 300 odd goals. Like... Not a bad career, really. In our premiership window, he was a vital cog. So, yeah, I could see Jack Watts fulfilling the same role.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think Watts is a slightly better... Well, I think Watts is a better player than Kaczynski. I think perhaps... Not, a good as, not um, as good as Sledger. No, not as good as Sledger. I think he would be a terrible Sledger, Jack Watts. Yeah. He's a bit too private
0: school yeah. to be a good Sledger, yeah. I imagine. In the words of Oscar Wilde. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Next team is... Uh,
1: <laughs> fin- finishes every sledge by going, and I say good day to
0: you, sir. <laughs> Slaps you with a glove. <laughs> uh, The next team is... I feel like South Australia is Richmond, Port Adelaide. We sort of briefly touched yeah, on definitely. them earlier with the China game. We all know the Port Adelaide story in the last three, four years. Came out of nowhere, played an exciting brand of football... Got everyone all whipped up, almost played in the grand final, and then two years of pretty ordinary football and no one seems to really know what's happened.
1: I think they were a classic example of a team that um, for me like got a good advantage from being really fit and having like a way of playing that sort of made a jump on the competition. And to be honest, they nearly beat Hawthorne that year. They really could have like, you know, won the premiership. It might have been one of those years, and it's what you worry about with the Bulldogs, is Port, if they'd been lucky that year, just had a little bit more luck. They could have been the premiers and then fallen away in the way that they've fallen away when everybody else caught up to their game, you know? But I can't see them getting better than they were last year, and they were pretty disappointing last year. I mean, they won 10 games, so I suppose that's they still find a way to win a lot, and they win obviously over in Adelaide a lot, but I don't think this is going to be a better season, and I think that's going to be worrying for Ken Hinckley, which I don't like, because I think I I like him. He seems like a good bloke and everything, but... I think Port are gonna. I think they're gonna struggle this season.
0: Yeah, you just don't see where the improvement's going to come from. They haven't changed a lot. Like Charlie Dixon was a bit of a anticlimax last year. Doesn't he's not the presence that it's weird. He seemed to be more of a presence in the Gold Coast team, maybe as a delivery or whatever it is. But there's no one. Even Chad Wingard is like he's still that amazing player, but there's no one player I fear from Port Adelaide. There's no like one player that I'm like, oh god, like who are we going to put on that dude? Like I think all of them can be quelled.
1: Well you know the the good thing about Port Adelaide is they probably have a little bit of improvement left in players who had bad seasons last year. Like none of their real guns like Boke and I mean Ollie Wines didn't have as good I mean I think Ollie Wines just had one of those seasons where he'll come back this season and we'll all remember how good Ollie Wines was again, you know and there, I think you know if Dixon could actually fucking play <laughs> Because he's been, he was ter- he was terrible. Like, what's your plan with Dixon this year? I don't know to get him to play good footy instead of being terrible at footy like he was all last season.
0: And grumpy. And he's like the anti tex so anti Tex Walker of South Australia. Like Tex has that strut oh, and that kind of ego, but backs it up with some you know credible leadership and performance. Whereas Charlie has that strut and that ego, but doesn't really back it up.
1: It's like uh, the same person, but they put a villainous moustache on to <laughs> like play his evil cousin. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I, look, I think they're going to finish low. Somewhere Ooh. down, you know, 13, 14, okay. 15. I'll put them down at 14. I'll somewhere be conservative for
0: you. I think they'll be okay. a bit better than that. I think, I'll, I'll say like 13th, and I'm going to put you down at 14th. All right. All right. Um, the next team is a it's a club close to my heart, I believe. The St. Kilda Saints. Uh, new coach this year, Jaron Geary. Uh, <clears throat> Who we touched on in an earlier podcast is an unfashionable choice for a captain. But I actually heard Dermy commentating during the JLT, JTL, JLT series. And he, he compared Geary to the Richie Vandenberg of Hawthorne. He's gone, you just need, when you're in a transition period, when you're sort of like a young club that's coming up, you need a captain for about three or four years who isn't your best player, but represents those values. So that when your Jack Billings or your Paddy McCartan or whatever comes of age, you can go, oh, you're much better than me. Here you go. But you just need that guy. Late twenties, who they're going to listen to? Puts his body on the line. Maybe not your best player. I mean, I was surprised. You can hear it in my voice, can't you, Will? I I thought there was a few other players that maybe could have been picked, but I'm not in the inner sanctum. Uh, so, Jaron, you've
1: uh, you've been elected uh, seat warmer. I mean, captain, captain, not seat warmer, captain.
0: I've heard so many times in the last month uh, rated very highly inside the club, and I'm like, right. okay uh (laughs) there's a lot of misinformation that happens behind closed doors i went to an all-boys school we told each other a a lot of stuff that isn't true like sometimes it's good to get some like outside perspective look i'm not knocking jaron i love jaron geary he is that kind of you know what he reminds me a lot of me as a footballer (laughs) he's a big-hearted trier you know not uh, best Clubman. you've won best (laughs) clubman jaron uh interesting year for the saints uh the captains uh, had their photo the other day, and they picked the Saints as the the ones on the rise. That the they uh, the, I think that eleven people picked them to make the finals. Did they go? We think the Saints are
1: the team on the rise, but we have no idea who this fucking guy is.
0: <laughs> and can you ask that guy to go to drink? Where's Rui? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you get? Hey mate, can you go and get Rui? Who are you? Um, I feel like we can make finals this year. Uh, I think I, I don't know how big a leap it's going to be. So we finished just outside the eight on percentage last year. I reckon that maybe was a good thing. I feel like if we had played finals, it would have been too early. We could have gotten smashed, and then that could be like you know years of psychological damage. But I feel like the, the 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 talk on Richo was always a good that he's a good development coach that he gets the best out of young players. And I've started to sort of see that. Like we have a completely new leadership group this year. There's like no Joey Montagna. there's no Sam Gilbert, there's no Nick Revolt. It's all these like new young guys and. There, there's a there's a touch of Ross Line in the way Alan Richardson coaches, but I think there's a touch of that in every club, which is you need your superstars, but you need everyone to buy in. And I feel like the Saints at the moment, from the way they played, like uh, the pressure acts and, you know, there is a lot of desire just to be the dude who does the smother, who lays the tackle or whatever. Like we have... We have probably about, I'd say, 10 to 12 players are all vying for the small forward role. Like, we have a lot of those guys who they're too short to play a key position, they don't have a big enough tank to play in the midfield, so they're trialing them all as forward defensive players, and it's awesome to watch because those guys, every game they play is like they're on audition. so they just fucking fly headfirst, like Jack Loney, Jack Sinclair, um, uh, uh, Nathan Wright, these guys just go headfirst, straight in for the ball. Where I feel we're deficient. You, you guys have really
1: gone like with the whole, let's get a lot of guys called Jack. Yeah. Do you ever think that will be confusing for the players when like there's like five Jacks yeah. playing in the Saints? Yeah.
0: I think we're going for a sponsorship with Jack Daniel. I think that's the, uh, that's the next step. Or Hungry Jacks. Maybe you guys should, you guys should recruit uh, Jack Watts yeah. then. <laughs> but I do feel like, and this could change depending on the season that Jack Billings has, depending on how Paddy Mark Carton comes along. I feel like we're one superstar short. Like even looking at the Bulldogs, I feel like you guys. What about Bruce? I don't, I don't think he's a superstar. I think you put him in that kind of cozy Watts category. He's a good, like second, second, second option up forward. We really need <laughs> Paddy McCartan to come along. We really need him to be the like last season when he was on the field, he showed glimpses. But I still reckon he's that. He's a Tom Hawkins type forward. Like the first two quarters. He'll run and he'll chase, but he just—he's not—he's not like a, a natural athlete like Nick Revolt, where he can run all day. Like they need to just like park him up forward, where he can use that big body. So I feel like that's why they talk this season about at the end of this season the Saints are going to go after like a Nat fire or a Dustin Martin or someone. Because I feel like we're one superstar short. Like even the Bulldogs, you guys have a lot of role players and a lot of kind of uh, like um, you know frontliners, but then you've got like Bond. You know, who knows what Tom Boyd will be, but you've got Bond and he's that superstar, that one X Factor superstar you can build your team around. We don't have an obvious candidate yet. We've still got Nick Revolt who, by the way, last year like polled more Brownlow votes at the age of thirty-three than he has his entire career. But he's, you know, on the way up. But Jack Billings could be anything. Like he's sort of had an injury interrupted season last year. But all the preseason games, he's been like he did a full preseason He's been regularly picking up you know, 25 to 30 touches. He's a beautiful user of the ball. I would like to see if, if he can take that next step this year, then who knows? I mean, I feel like we're just inside the finals, seventh to eighth, but who knows? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to pick the Saints to come seventh.
1: You know I'm optimistic about the Saints. <laughs> Mike Hal put up a nice little package about all my positive comments about the Saints from last season, and I'm gonna stick with them. I reckon the Saints are gonna play finals. That's my um I'm gonna say maybe bottom end of the finals, but yeah, seventh. Definitely Saints playing finals. I reckon Saints and Melbourne, well, the, they're my two teams that'll come in this year. Well, to there's the
0: something that's gonna run past you and maybe uh maybe we've poured water on it already. But let's um let's think back to last year when uh, a young bright eyed Bulldog supporter named Will Anderson talked about the last time the Bulldogs had played in a grand final was 61, and they lost to Hawthorne, who then went on to become the most successful club of the modern era while you guys had languished never playing another final. Well, it's funny, Will. I did some research, and in 1971, St. Kilda played in a grand final, which was their first appearance in a grand final since their first and only premiership in 66. We played Uh Hawthorne, who were going for their second premiership, We were leading at three-quarter time by 20 points. And then it all fell apart. We we wouldn't play in a grand final again for another 26 years when we met Adelaide in 1997. But I think something happened in 71 where we could not win a grand final after that. The last grand final we'd played in, we'd won. But something happened. You might say we were cursed.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, okay. Walk me through this. (laughs) So I'm thinking
0: (laughs) 71 is the opposite of 17, right? By your Uh mathematical logic. So I'm going to propose that we bring... No, not that we bring, because I've got a couple slogans written down. I'm going to propose that it's 71 redone. So what I'm going to predict, Will, is that we'll meet Hawthorne in the grand final this year. But it's going to be the opposite. They're going to be 20 points up at three-quarter time, and then the Saints are going to have a barnstorming finish. We're going to bring... No, I keep fucking that up. Because my two options are 71 undone or... 71 redone. I think it's 71 redone, right? Oh, uh, undone. I reckon
1: Bring undone. 71, 71 undone. undone.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense though? You bring 71 undone. You end the curve. Because you
1: don't want to re, but you don't, you don't want to redo 71. Yes, you
0: do. Because then you get to take on Hawthorne again, but it's the opposite story.
1: Yeah, but if you redo it, it might just be the exact same. Because <laughs> redoing means replicating, I like basically. All right, right? 71
0: undone. <laughs> So
1: that's now that now that sounds, that sounds like a compilation album, you know, <laughs> yeah. and have some girl on the front with her jeans Ripped, slightly yeah. unbuttoned.
0: Ripper 77, 71 undone. That's my prediction. Will we're going to have a barnstorming, uh, a barnstorming final series all the way to the grand final where we'll beat Hawthorne when we're down at three quarter time. Bring 71 undone. If it can work for you, it can work for me. I mean, it'd be amazing if
1: that's just how it ended up working from now on. Yeah. And at the start of each season, you just had to unpick
0: the code, Da Vinci code style. I think I've got it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next team, Michael. The North Melbourne Football Club. The E.H. Uh, e. Holden of the mm. AFL. <laughs> Dependable. I mean, they A look... classic. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, I mean,
1: they looked all right in the pre-season. They looked up and about. They looked, uh, like some of their young kids that they've put in have, you know, added a bit to the club. Um, I think that Brown's a good forward. I think that they've got some good players, but I, they I think that if a team's going to have to miss out for me, it's going to be certainly North Melbourne. They're going to be one of the teams that aren't going to be in the eight for mine.
0: Yeah. It's, it's one of those kind of, uh, it's one of those Collingwood things where it's like, well, what's changed really? Like, you've gotten rid of some good players, but what's really yeah. what's really changed? And, I mean, you just, the way they finished that last season, like, you just, it feels like the momentum's still carrying in that way. They could finish 10th, 9th, or whatever. They've still got a lot of good players and stuff, but there's just, where's the inspiration coming from? Where's the excitement? Name me a player to get excited yeah. about at North, besides Brown. Um... I mean, Browns aren't yeah. even that exciting, I mean, really. I'm sure there would be one, Goldstein. No, excited. <laughs> I got excited. No, they're not sexy. No. They're not a sexy team. They never have been. That's not their. That's not their brand. But um. No, it's the bonus. Yeah, I just don't feel like. I mean, do you think they could tumble, or do you think they're? Yeah, I think so. Ooh. I
1: think they'll fi- they'll finish behind behind Essendon. Wherever I have Essendon, they'll definitely be behind. Well, you be had Essendon, Essendon quite
0: high. But you had uh, Richmond and Gold Coast. Rich- Richmond. Okay, so below Gold Coast and between I re- I reckon they finished they'll finish between
1: Richmond and Gold Coast. Okay. Right. No, below Gold Coast. Oh, sh- no, I'm gonna lock it in. I just
0: tumble. They're gonna finish below Gold Coast. Okay, jeez. Now that's a big drop. No. N M F C. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't think they'll drop that far. Although I've actually filled in all my other spots outside the eight with Frio, Collingwood, Gold Coast, <laughs> Richmond and Port. Maybe I'll swap, I might swap Port and North Melbourne. I could see them finishing above Port, so I'm going to put them. Yeah, there's not much to talk about them. There's not really, there's nothing exciting. There's no like, uh, there's no, I mean, I guess the getting rid of Drew Petrie and Brent Harvey and stuff, but it all feels like, I mean, what, if you're the marketing manager at North Melbourne, what are you selling this year? Yeah, I don't know.
1: An elephant. I don't know. An elephant of the preseason season yeah.
0: competition. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure what you're selling at North Melbourne. I, I hope I'm wrong. I always like when North Melbourne do well, but I don't think so. I think this is their year to
0: slide. Ooh. All right. Rebuild. Yeah. Okay. North Melbourne will rebuild. All right. Hmm. This is interesting. Mike obviously has taken the, uh, ladder positionings pre-finals from last at year. At the end
1: of the, yeah, pre-finals. This is, this is the, well, this is where everyone finished in records of wins pre-finals. Yes. So, so uh, the
0: Western Bulldogs. The Western Bulldogs are next. Now, Bit of controversy, controversy, controversy at the uh, captain's uh, day today, uh, this week, when not, I thought, was a, 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 two of them didn't even pick the Bulldogs to make the finals? Or was it the grand final? I don't know. I did.
1: like Charlie, in the words of Neil Baum, captain's day is the most overrated day in the calendar. Um, look, I mean, I can imagine why some people, here's the thing. If you're looking for reasons to not have the Bulldogs in the finals, here are your reasons, right? They finished seventh last year, so you're still you're not looking at a team that finished top two. You're looking at a team that finished in seventh, so they're around that area that other teams could get at them. Okay, you you don't know how they're going to come up after winning the premiership, what effect that will have. Um, Maybe they just had a system that other people will have worked out by now, and you know that that might bring them back to the pack, and perhaps that some of the rule changes. Haven't been helpful because some of the around the ball stuff, you know, they're going to concentrate a bit more on the you know, handball. And I, I think the other one is um, there's third, man, third up man up are both yeah. things that the Bulldogs Bulldogs use pretty well. So there's some reasons that they might not make the eight, and why people might not think they make the eight. And there's a lot of good teams this year that you know, um, but you know, make I mean, I Hang think on. they no will. No one's
0: saying they're not going to make. Oh, two captains. Uh, I can't yeah. see the Bulldogs. I can't see them dropping out of the top four, to be honest. I think that if you can get to where you did last year, considering the injuries and the shit that went against you, like what's going to What could happen? What could possibly happen to you? Cue the fucking disaster. What could possibly happen (laughs) to you that you haven't dealt with before? Like what? There, there is no situation that you haven't already faced that Luke Beveridge couldn't point to and go, yeah, we beat that. Remember that fucking, we lost our captain. No problem. Oh, that's right. That one of our best midfielders broke his leg. Oh, no problem. You know, we have to play two in a state funnels. No problem. Like that'll, that'll either work two ways. It'll make them cocky or it'll give them that Hawthorne kind of anytime, anywhere philosophy, uh, uh psychology, which, and I reckon the latter.
1: And the other thing is that I, I think Beveridge is smart enough Yeah, in the way that he thinks about the game is he will have thought of all these things. Like he doesn't strike me as the sort of coach that doesn't is gonna be unaware that people are gonna be coming after them or that people are gonna try to replicate the way they play or that people will try to work them out. And you look at it in the way you recruited, I mean, even getting cloak, you look at that and you go Well, that implies to me that you're going to structure it a little bit differently Mm -hmm. or at least have the option to structure it differently down forward. is coming back. We get Murphy back. You know, during the season, we're going to get uh, Wallace back as well. You know, if we have a fit list and all those players, I think we were the third youngest list in the competition last year. So realistically, all those players, you know, are a, a season better. There's There's rare people at the top. I mean... Boyd had a great season last year, but Boyd won't be able to continue having great seasons forever. Um, Dale Morris, I guess, is closer to the end, but still has a plenty of good years left him in. But it's not like our gun players aren't... You know, we, it's not like that kind of you know, Sam Mitchell, Jordan Lewis thing where you're like, our best players are 32 and 33. Yeah. They're not. Our best players... Uh, yeah, I mean... Bont's 20, 21, yeah. you know, so Is it, well, you're in a, we have a bunch of kids who are around that age. You've got the
0: luxury of you can load up for the next couple of years with a couple of mature age good dudes and just chance your hand. And just say you don't want it this year or you don't want the next couple of years, that's fine. Because you've got like 12 to 14 players that you can build a team around. So you go, okay, we gambled on the mature age. Let's sort of like go back to the draft and see if we can sort of build it up, you know, still stay in the finals and build it up for another shot at 2020 or whatever. I, um... Yeah I just I'm so impressed by the Bulldogs. I just I think psychologically they are probably the strongest team in the AFL and I think that's going to count a lot like there is something about Luke Beveridge and there's something about Bob Murphy and there's something about the culture of that club which has changed, you know, there is that that sort of underdog status that you guys used to celebrate and fuck, I mean one of the reasons we started this podcast it's shifted, you know. Um it'll be interesting to have you on every week as a fucking Chardonnay sipping fucking, you know, like successful club barracking dude. But I just think that there's a lot of momentum now. Like it happened at the right time. It's triggered this outpouring of kind of like support, uh, not just from sponsors, but the community. Like it's, I think there's a lot, a lot to push you guys forward. Like if you made the finals again, it's the fairy tale again. Like the, Who's not going to be barracking for the Bulldogs going fucking two in a row up against Sydney or Hawthorne or Geelong or whoever it happens to be? The more established and successful that your opposition, the more everyone's going to love you.
1: Well, more, the thing that I think actually is in our favor a little bit is that A, I, I mean, we're in the era of GWS. So that's given everybody a natural enemy to hate. And so the fact that the Bulldogs, like if it stopped GWS from winning it, pretty much everybody else is going to be cool with it. Right. Yeah. So. That that's handy. But I think the thing is, maybe the Bulldogs won't be a team that finishes on the top of the ladder at the end of the season. You know, like a team that wins enough games through the season to do that. But if we finish in the finals, you've got to be a team, after last year, it's just got to be a team that they go, well, now that we're in the finals, we think we can win it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Right? Because if... You know, so that's it's one of those things now where you're like, and particularly with the week off, I think that idea of finishing top four is nowhere near as as important as it used to be. Mm. Like, you know, the idea that you can now, you know, now finish sort of, you know, sixth, seventh and still, you know, win the whole thing Mm. is something that they've proved that they can do. So, no, I'm very optimistic. I'm really hopeful that we will be top four and, um, you know, and have a real crack at playing in the grand final again. Well, here's
0: the thing I'd say about the Bulldogs, Will. Every Rocky sequel made more money than the one prior to it until Rocky 5. So Rocky 1, he loses. Doesn't matter. People love him. Rocky 2, he wins. 2016, everyone loves him. Rocky 3, he takes on Mr. T. GWS. Wins. Right. Rocky 4. <laughs> no, actually, maybe Rocky 3 would be... Clubber Lang would be more like you're taking on Hawthorne. You know, the hardened kind of Yeah. Tra, right. yeah. right? You beat him. Then you're... Third premiership is going to come taking on GWS. Ivan Drago, built in a laboratory, <laughs> you know, like supported with every artificial means, complete monster, built by the system. You're going to beat them. And then something's going to happen. <laughs> to... Something
1: terrible's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Then you're going to get bloated and brain damaged and won't remember your wife's name in the shower. And then, uh, but still, you're going to have three premierships. That's my prediction. That's my yeah. luck of the next five years. <laughs>
1: yeah all right a top two for the bulldogs might as well just say they're first because you know i'm gonna barrack for them anyway Uh, i'll i'll but but i'm hoping they'll make the grand final i'll say
0: top two as well i'm gonna put them second because i'm a bit conservative but yeah western bulldogs at two uh do you want to put them number one i'm gonna put them one number one yeah okay why not may as well right okay west coast eagles Adam Simpson. Captain yeah. New- So it's funny, the captain is Shannon Hearn who I looked at the captain's photo and was like, Who is that guy? Is that Darling? No, who is that? Is that Glass? No, he doesn't play for them anymore. I had no idea what Shannon reckon, Hearn looked like. Do you reckon do you reckon
1: Jaren Geary and Shannon Hearn spent a lot of
0: time talking to each <laughs> yeah. other at that thing? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, no, no one knows who I am either. Yeah. <laughs> The captains are like, oh, it's nice to let them get a couple of Little League guys in to uh, sit for the photo. No, no, we're actual captains as well. Yeah, good on you, champ. Yeah. There you go. Matt 5 gives him the keys to his helicopter. Go playing that, mate. You can be a real captain one day, Joan. Um, I reckon they're going to be good West
1: Coast. They're almost impossible to beat over there. No reason they wouldn't be. They were a good team last year, coming in the finals. They're still going to be a bit unreliable, but they're top six for me at the very least.
0: No concerns around their depleted ruck division. Not enough. Not enough to
1: make it one of those things. They'll get one of them back. At, well, they'll get some of them back during the season, and they'll win enough games regardless. I reckon they'll finish six, just in front of the just in front of the Saints. I, I agree. West Coast. I
0: agree. I'm going to put them at the same. But side.
1: they could go. They're also one of those teams that it wouldn't surprise me if they just came out and, you know, finished top two. They're like, they're, they've got that potential in them, but they're still just a little bit unreliable. So you you, you know, close. in
0: the off season, Hayden Ballantyne made a big play to go to West Coast and it fell through for whatever reason. And now he's at the Dockers. Like, you know, when people talk about a fresh start, is it really a fresh start? Like driving 20 minutes to the other ground <laughs> to train with the other team? Like, I don't know. If you're a fucking Eagles player and a Frio player, not that much difference is there, really?
1: I mean, maybe you just wanted to get away from Nat 5. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fresh start he was talking he about. He keeps giving me the keys he to go like, check mate, out his
0: chopper. It's annoying.
1: Mate, mate he, 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 if he makes that spendings joke one more time, <laughs> I'm going to intentionally do my own hamstring so I don't have to play
0: with it. Uh, <laughs> All right. Now, next on the list, Adelaide, who feel like they could be anything. I actually feel yeah, I like agree. Adelaide... Are a, they're the smoky. I think they're better than Geelong. I think they're sort of on par on their on day on their day with Hawthorne, although you don't know about Hawthorne now because of the personnel changes. But they're definitely they could be a top two team easily. Like if they if I know they've got some injury concerns going into this season and stuff, but they're a good team. They're well coached. And when you talk, you know, I was talking about with the Saints. I feel like we're a superstar short. I feel like they've got like fucking three superstars: Sloan, Walker, Betts. Their forward line is possibly the best forward line in the AFL. I agree. When fit. Um, I think they're good. at And when
1: you look at their coaches' names, you know, we were talking about names before and what they sound like. I've got to be honest with you. This sounds like an afternoon at the Byron Bay Blues Fest. Uh, Don <laughs> did Pike just, and Taylor say, Walker. Did you just Blues. say Blar and, <laughs> Blar and Blay? Blar and Blay. Blay. <laughs> the Byron Bay Blues Fest. That's hard to say. Uh, Don... Don Pike and Taylor Walker do sound like an act you would see playing acoustic guitars. Yeah,
0: Walker-Taylor. Are you
1: going to go and say, yeah, Pike and Walker? That will be great. Um, so, yeah, I reckon top four for Adelaide, I'm going to put them in at third. I
0: reckon they'll finish third. Yeah, I yeah I, I, I put them third as well. I reckon, yeah, it's interesting to see what will happen with that club because I feel like this is their window. Yeah, I feel like you know Geelong and Hawthorne have, and Sydney – I've had that window open for fucking 10 years, it feels like. But I reckon that Adelaide, <clears throat> that is a rare forward line, and they've got a great midfield, yep. and they're well coached, and they have a home ground advantage. There's nothing to say that they couldn't play a grand final, but I feel like i feel like they're behind the Bulldogs. I feel like they're behind the Swans. I feel like they're behind maybe... I feel like, yeah, Hawthorne could be anything. We'll get to them, but yeah, I'm putting them... Okay, okay. you know what? I'm going to put them in fourth. Yeah, me too. I forgot yeah. about Sydney. <laughs> 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 All right. I've got him in fourth as well. But Yeah, all right. Oh, fuck, GWS. I completely forgot about them. Ivan Drago. The GWS Giants.
1: Two guys with... uh. Look, is this the only uh, team in the league, and it's so suitable, because they're captains, co-captains, Callan Ward and Phil Davis. Would that be the uh, only co-captaincy man bun team? Because both of them have rocked a man bun. It's Does like Phil Davis, Davis, have Davis a man and Cullen Ward. Mate, have you seen Phil Davis's hair now? No, there?
0: isn't he a short back inside? sides oh, kind yeah.
1: Nah, no, no, no. I know. You think of that, right? But um, no, he's he's gone the you know the the GWS
0: look. Yeah, right. So uh, I, I I I actually meant to bring up when we we're talking about Frio, um, there are some shocking man buns going over there. Like, I know there was a, a, a big talk about. Um, uh, 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 What's his face from GWS? Uh, McCarthy. Big talk about getting McCarthy to right. Frio. It seems, you know, now that he's there and he feels comfortable, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go the uh, net 5 man bun. Too many man buns. I think you can have one man bun per side. Not two, right? Who's your man bun? GWS have got two in the fucking leadership group. Who's your man bun at the Bulldogs? Um,
1: I don't know if we have a man
0: bun. Bond,
1: Bond, Bond wears his he- headband. Yeah, no, it's not a man bun. He's got he's got your more your headband. But he's it's not, a not a samurai. No,
0: no. Um, Jesus no, no, Christ, no, no. I forgot about GWS. I, <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, I feel like it could be a GWS uh, Sydney Grand Final. Um, I just, I think I tip against GWS because I just don't want it to happen. I'm doing the the anti the secret. Like I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to visualize it. Maybe it's just a horrible dream. Have you been sending? Me- oh my god! Did you just? I just got sent two photos. <laughs> oh, thank you. Right. <laughs> sorry. Just for everyone at Sorry. Home, I just I got sent a photo of like Will's net five photo finally came through only an hour later. Yeah. And then I got Phil Davis's <laughs> man bun. Um. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see those two dudes on Grinder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Those photos? <laughs> It does actually look like they're talking to each other.
1: They're their grinder profile (laughs) shots. One guy's got the ball in his hand with his man bun, and the other one's got his shirt off. Yeah. Phil Davis, Um, yeah, right. I had no idea. Yeah.
0: Um, Uh, GWS. I I mean... I. Yeah, see, I I put the Bulldogs at number two. Look, no offence, mate. We're old friends. You've seen a premiership. I'm going to have to bump the Bulldogs to third, and I'm going to have to put GWS at at, at top two, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm picking GWS to finish... well. Unofficially first, because the Bulldogs obviously a minor first. But if I was doing this without being a fan of the Bulldogs, I would have GWS in first place. So I'm going to put them
0: in second. Okay, I got it. Yeah, they're scary. I mean, we don't need to talk about this. Let's in no. The, in in the it's not the secret. I I can't talk yeah. about it. It's just it's,
1: it's let's let's just put a pin, we'll put a pin in it because we're just going to have to talk about it every fucking week during the season. Yeah. So. Like, every week we're going to go, oh, my God, how good is GWS? Who's going to be able to beat GWS? That's going to be – so let's just not – let's save that conversation for during the season.
0: Well, you know what? I actually just saw uh, Logan tonight, and there's a, a, a fantastic scene where uh, Logan goes full berserker mode, where he just tears through these bad guys, and it's horribly violent, like horrendously violent. But you can't help but just marvel at the beauty of the destruction that he can wrought on on all these bad guys. I feel like I'm going to be watching a lot of those kind of games this year. It's like, oh my God, like, Brisbane are almost, they're dead, dead, just leave them alone. No, no, we're going to try and push the scoreboard to 200.
1: Is GWS rated R now? This used to be a thing that kids could watch. (laughs) Call it off.
0: The next team is our producer Mike Howell's uh, favorite team. They go way back. He bought his first uh, Hawthorne membership this year, I believe. He posted something online, which made me vomit in my throat a bit.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that our money that we were paying in for this podcast was going to be spent giving another membership to the fucking Hawthorne football club. <laughs> yeah, like they lot, need but, another one. Okay, so uh, for me, Hawthorne are finishing still very much in the eight. What positions do I have left there, Charlie? Uh, I, um, you've got third. Oh, Mike literally just wrote up on the screen, we have plenty of cups for you to vomit in. Oh, he's really fit in to, with the horse on. Oh, the
0: fucking I mean, latte set. Says
1: it infects you, doesn't it? Oh, God, they just. Maybe when you pay your mem, maybe when they pay, you pay your membership at the Hawks, they send you out discussion points. <laughs> if anyone brings it up, here are some lines you can
0: use. Yeah. As they always use on me. Oh, mate, between you and I would have 17 premierships. Fuck off. <laughs>
1: Um, so, I, I, I think I've got the Bulldogs at first, I've got GWS at second, yeah. I've got... Uh, uh, and then it's Adelaide, you've got so you've either
0: got to put Sydney, you've got to find room for Sydney and Hawthorne and Geelong in here, so uh, as I've got it for you, you've got Bulldogs, GWS, Gap, Adelaide. Do you want to install Hawthorne as third, or put them below? No. Below Adelaide. Below Adelaide's fifth. Adelaide fifth. Okay. fifth? Yep. So, that yep. moves West Coast down. West Coast to yep. go to sixth. Sixth. Uh, Haw. Oh, I've just got to do some rewriting. <laughs> Excuse me. It's great podcasting. <laughs> we're actually I mean, it would have been trailer.
1: one. I, I imagine if there was other podcasts that did, uh, a, we were going to do a pre-season football preview where they decided where they think teams would be on the ladder. They might go away and actually <laughs> work that out beforehand. <laughs> and then run through it as opposed to the haphazard way we have of like I've realized that I don't have enough spaces left for all the teams that should be in there but anyway you're like the uh, you like tradition. the movie
0: that's run out of budget in the third act so you're like ah shit they can just have a punch up in the alleyway it's yeah. <laughs> like Hawthorne and Sydney whatever just uh, the the fifth through eighth yeah now yeah Hawthorne and West Coast are about the same I would say so okay. they're gonna be
1: fifth and sixth and um yeah all right. Um, That's good. well in, that.
0: Look, Hawthorne have lost, uh, what, a 600 premiership fucking game experience with uh, Mitchell, um, uh, Lewis, and who's uh, the other bloke they lost? Or was it was just Mitchell um, Lewis. Oh, Hill. Hill. No, no, there's another guy, didn't they? Lose? Oh, no, uh, Bradley Hill, sorry, not Bradley. Yeah, but there's someone else there, wasn't it? Mitchell, Lewis, and. Anyway. But they get in Jaeger. Now, I have a source, Will who yep. uh, is a source close to the Hawthorne Football Club, who okay. I was talking to about the Jaeger trade. And I'm like, geez, they went hard on him. Like St. Kilda basically got uh, a first and second round draft pick from Hawthorne uh, to get our first round draft pick to get Jaeger. So they wanted him bad. And I was like, so, you know, um, what's his knee like? And he's like, it's fine. And I'm like, well, stop there. I said, that's not, that's not like he'll be back to what he was. He's like, well, no, here's the thing. It's a gamble. But if I told you that Chris Jard had had a year out of football because you know a year and two years out of football because he had a bad knee, would you still go for Chris Jard? And I was like, yes. Because there's once in a generation player who maybe he loses that you know explosive speed or his manoeuvrability in traffic whatever, but he's such a good player he will find something else to compensate. People bagged Hawthorne over the uh, trade period. I actually thought this was a fucking ballsy move, you know, like exiting two superstar legends of the clubs and getting like Mitchell in and Diego Mira. This could extend their you know premiership window by another two or three years. Ah, I mean, I think even
1: more importantly than that, like, I mean, I think with Ed back as well, I still think they've got a shot at winning it this year. You know, Clarko will come back strong. And if Jaeger can play well, and Mitchell will give you... The thing about Mitchell is that he gets a lot of the ball. And if you have, like, classy people around and you've just got someone as a workhorse like him, I mean, you lost your best and fairest and your second in your best and fairest to other clubs. So maybe this year there might be a chance that Sam Mitchell will play better at West Coast than Mitchell plays at Hawthorne this year. But in two years' time when Sam Mitchell's coaching, Mitchell will still be playing really well at Hawthorne and O'Meara will still be playing really well at Hawthorne. So it gives them that opportunity to then rebuild a team for the next five years or ten years, you know. So, I know, I think it was a really... They're a smart club. They play hard. They always, in the off-season, get great trades. They make bold, you know, ways forward. I think it's... I mean it's a whole new world, but I think it's when he's an amazing coach yeah. and you can't doubt Clarko. Exactly. He's just he's redefined the game so much. Yeah, if
0: Alistair Clarkson says it's time to move those two blokes on, I'm like, yeah, fine. Like he's he's done enough yeah. to earn uh to earn if he decided that like we're actually going to get rid of half our list and get in the little league, I'd be like, no, oh, Clarko's up to something, he knows something we don't know. He's always ahead of the ahead of the game, Clarko. And I like it too, because you know I told you last year that I was
1: you know, my hatred for Sam Mitchell, it actually kind of dimmed yeah. the more that I saw him interviewed and, you know, being a nice guy. But now he's playing for West Coast, so I can just hate him again. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, that makes it easier, very excited. It? All right.
1: Yeah, he really f- feels like he's gone over to the Cobra Kai, you know.
0: so it's <laughs> The next team up is Geelong, who are kind of hard to place. It's funny that I would have thought that Adelaide finished higher than Geelong last year, considering the season they had, but... Geelong are just, they're like a Sydney, aren't they? They're just perpetually good. And you don't know if it's going to be the top end of good or the bottom end of good, but you know you're going to get something. They'll definitely play finals. I just, I just don't know, man. I just don't know. Like, they've got the best player in the league. I mean, they've they've somehow made Joel Selwood the second best midfielder in the team, which is hard to do. But I don't know. Again, I'm going off vibe. No statistical evidence here. I just sort of feel like, they're treading water a bit. They don't really have a way forward.
1: It's hard to back against Geelong because their record has just been so good that you're an idiot if you do. But I've backed myself into this corner, but not planning ahead. So I'm going to. Geelong will not make the final. Whoa! And I for, holy shit. I for one will be relieved by that because we didn't, Geelong was the only team we didn't beat last. Yeah, and I think if we played Geelong in the finals, we might not have been able to beat them. So what I'm hoping is that Geelong don't make the finals, and thus we don't have okay. to face them in the finals again, because they're kind of our bogey
0: team. I should have, but, I should have done um, that with Melbourne. I should have done your positive visual and put Melbourne out of the eight, so we could take eighth spot. But yeah. all right, well, that's controversial.
1: Yeah, one of the teams has to go out if, I'm, if both Melbourne and St Kilda are going to go in. So I'm going to say nor- Geelong, nor- Geelong, Geelong are going to be a
0: team. I don't know. I can tip against Geelong. I've got to look at my top... Hang on, so I've got GW, I've got GW, uh, Western Bulldogs. Fuck, my, my top four is a mess. I've I got no room for all these good fucking teams. Maybe if I move right. Geelong. I, th- I think,
1: I think, I think they're too reliant Geelong on their stars. That's what I would say. You know, I what? still think they're too reliant on their there's stars. There's something
0: that's been nagging me about Geelong. Maybe you just hit the nail on the head. I'm going to put him outside the eight as well. You and I are going to have egg on our face. They're going to. There's, no the, doubt. No doubt. Bog, Mogs <laughs> Creek is going to have burning effigies of us. Uh, we're both putting Geelong outside the top eight, but I think that makes I'm, sense. if, but Charlie. Hmm. At some stage, it's
1: got to happen. Law of averages, they've been in the eight for so long that at some stage, they've got to have a season when they're not in the eight. It's like Hawthorne. At some stage, they've got to have a season when they don't make the eight. It's like Sydney. At some stage, they've got to have a season where they don't make the eight. Now, I don't think it's going to be Hawthorne or Sydney, <laughs> so I'm going to go with Geelong.
0: Okay. They seem the most fragile, but they do have the best player. Like, I mean, Patrick yeah. Dangerfield. And a great
1: great home ground Record and they won 17 games last year, so hard to back against. But.
0: <laughs> All right, Geelong, you're out of the eight. That's our. That should be our lock of the season.
1: Yeah, that's our...
0: Oh, no, you made, made no noise because you oh, you're holding your mic. It's hard. Oh, I'm holding the microphone. Slap your face. There you right. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Slap your face. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Oh, dear. The Sydney Swans. Fuck, they look good. Yeah, Sid... They're just... It's hard yeah, to... Yeah, no. I mean, look at their last two rookies well not their rookies their last two like first year players fucking Mills and uh, Heaney and they're like their least experienced players and they play like their fucking 100 game veterans we play Heaney's got glandular
1: fever though did you see that Heaney's got glandular fever so that might knock him around a little the bit the
0: kissing disease I know right <laughs> Been hitting up fucking uh, I can't think of one nightclub in Sydney because I'm so old. I've uh, been hitting up. Well, they all they all shut at ten now. So. <laughs> That's right, there are no nightclubs. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that, but it doesn't matter. He's a superstar. Like they just we and, we, and, did, and did you see the Mills contract? Oh,
1: five years. Yeah, yeah. So they've uh, so he's locked in. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I reckon they're going to be great, Sydney. And they got Plugger back as a kicking coach, we, so we, I think they're going to be
0: great. We played them in the, the last round of the JLT, and uh, we pushed them, but I, I kind of always feel with Sydney. Like, we had a game with them late last year where, and this was when the, Saint, when the Saints were still a chance to make finals, and the first half was like this fucking frenetic, you know, back and forth, goal for goal, Everything square at halftime, and then they came out in three-quarter, and they just found another gear, and all their superstars just went berserk. I sort of feel like, you know, that's we got very close to the J, JT... What is it? JLT? JTL. Justin Timberlake League? Uh, <laughs> the JGL, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt League. Uh, we got close to them, but I just sort of feel like... but they Buddy played this game in this fucking preseason match that... I was think because you know everyone made a joke about our oh, buddy's got a ten year contract. He played yeah. up the ground, deep forward, all over the place. And I mean, Burton is an, obviously a buddy fan, but he sort of hit the nail on the head, which is like we are never going to see another athlete like Buddy Franklin play this game. Like six foot six, moves like a midfielder, so quick, beautiful disposer of the ball, like as good like. In field kicking, as he is, well, his kicking for goals, you know, can be questionable, but his field kicking is amazing. And he just terrorized us. Like, I was, that's what I I mean about the Saints being short a superstar. Like, if you have a Patrick Dangerfield or a Buddy Franklin or, you know, maybe in a couple of years, Bont, like, their players, it's just like, fuck, like, who do you put on that player? We had no one. We had Nathan Brown, Jake Carlisle, who's fucking 200 centimeters went with him for a bit, but couldn't keep with him, you know, up and down the ground. It's, As long as you have Buddy in that kind of form, then who knows what can happen.
1: What I'd recommend the tactic against Buddy is what the Bulldogs use in the grand final, is get him to step on one of his teammates' feet. (laughs) So, like, I, I mean, this may surprise you, Charlie, that I've watched that grand final back a few times. And the thing that I don't think Buddy gets enough credit for is he's clearly injured from the very first quarter. And there are two or three times during that game where he not almost just imposes his will onto the game and nearly wins the grand final for Sydney. Like, I think he's, I think his play on grand final day has been a bit overshadowed or underrated because he wasn't at full fitness. But for a guy who clearly wasn't, there was a couple of times during that game where he still nearly won it for them. Like, I don't think they're going to get any worse, Sydney. They finished top on the ladder. I just think they've got to be top three at
0: the very least. Yeah, they... Uh, if, as long- Might be an all-Sydney grand final. Might be. Might be that would be interesting to see actually. I just I, and, I, and Josh Kennedy. We should mention that he's their new uh, captain. Like talk about the prototype midfielder. That is who you know Bont could be. Um, probably Bont's coming along a lot faster than what Kennedy did. But that six foot four guy who can you know. I mean, up until halftime in the grand final, he was probably best on ground. Right, like he was dominating. He was in, he was. Uh, unstoppable he dominated that game like when you watch it back again you're just like
1: gee you're a good player that's how good Hawthorne were that they could get rid of players like him because they just couldn't fit him in the team
0: yeah I reckon um I'm gonna pick I'm actually gonna put Sydney top of the table I think I'm picking an all Sydney top two Sydney GWS uh you've got space well you've got GWS third. second you're gonna put in third okay yeah right. Sydney third nice
1: but realistically, if I didn't put the Bulldogs first, which I probably <laughs> wouldn't if I was being sensible, that they're probably my top two teams. But fuck it.
0: Why not? Yeah, why Bulldogs not? first. Well, we've got the same top three at least. Uh, is that it? Uh, that's it, oh, right? Shit. They finished top. Sydney. Okay. So, do you want me to run through the ladder? Oh, fuck, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be missing someone. So <laughs> let's, from let's the top down, go. you've gone Bulldogs, GWS, Sydney, Adelaide, Hawthorne, West Coast, St Kilda. What have I written? Melbourne. What have I written here? Uh, Yeah, Melbourne, Geelong, Frio, Essendon, Collingwood, Richmond, Gold Coast, North Melbourne, Port, Blues, Brisbane. Yeah, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. I, I feel like that's come out okay. And I think we should say this is we're predicting end of home and away season because obviously anything can happen in finals time, right? We're just going off wins and losses, right? We're we talking. Sure, why shit? not? Okay. I say. I mean, who cares? Uh, I say <laughs> Sydney GWS Western Bulldogs, uh, Adelaide. No, actually, Sydney, Adelaide, Hawthorne, West Coast, and Kilda, Melbourne, Geelong, Frio, Collingwood, GWS, Richmond, North, Port, Essendon, Blues, Brisbane. So our bottom, our bottom six are uh, mirrors of each other. Our top three are mirrors of each other. It's just the order is, is different, but. Um, exciting. I can't believe it's back. It doesn't feel like that long. I, I mean, you of all people have had enough time to just fucking watch and rewatch that Grand Final. The weird thing is, that's all
1: the mind space I've been in still. In some ways, I'm, I'm not as excited for this season as I ordinarily would, and I haven't consumed as much because I'm still kind of just going, let's not let last season be over quite yeah, yet. Yeah. I still just want to enjoy that a little bit more before we get back to the... I mean, like... Yeah, here's the thing about football. Like, we won the premiership, and I've been able to bask in that all summer. But if we lose to Collingwood at the MCG in round one, that's just going to ruin that week for me. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: know? I can imagine that. It's kind of like some band yeah. releases an awesome debut album, and then the second one is fucking a piece of shit, and it actually makes you think about that first album, going, oh, "Maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was."
1: Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think there's a lot of people who think the Bulldogs were a bit lucky, and I'm hoping that we will prove that we weren't. Like, I, I'm hoping that we will prove that we're a team that can kind of be a top four or top eight team for the next, you know, five to 10 years. But who knows? Maybe, maybe, you know, it is just one of those things, one of those magic moments. So I guess that's the big question mark for a Bulldogs fan Let, this year. Let's do
0: a couple more little crystal ball speculations. You're Brownlow medalist. Oh, okay. Bont. Let's go with Bont. I
1: think he, he polls really well. He looks like he's, you know, the right time. I mean, he plays in a team where there's going to be other players getting votes, but he's the guy who, gets a lot of votes, so I'm going to go close to home. I reckon he's going to win one at some stage in his career, and it feels to me like he's he in champion data stats, he was the best player on the ground in the grand final, and he didn't even look like I mean I think no I don't think anyone was like, oh Bont was best on ground. So that's the great thing about him is that even in times where he isn't appearing like he's the best on ground, he was still the most
0: effective you know, player on the ground by champion data stats. So I, yeah I think Bont all right I'm going to say Dustin Martin. And he's going to win it three days after he announces his leaving Richmond. <laughs> because that would be so Richmondy.
1: I mean, they already have a Brownlow medalist. It's fine in the team. Remember, they're captain. <laughs> Trent Cotchin is a Brownlow medalist. And West Coast have a new Brownlow medalist. <laughs> uh, Coleman medalist? Uh, oh, okay. Um, maybe Tom Lynch? Tom Lynch? Yeah, he's a popular that would, pick.
0: I'd say, I'm going to think Josh Kennedy's going to take it out again. Ah, uh, uh,
1: yeah, he always kicks a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw a surprise one in the bag yeah. here. I'm gonna go, and this is my lock of the year. Uh, in a surprise, Gary Ablett will win. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And then yeah. To- I reckon he'll kick like seventy goals or something, playing sort of yeah halfway on the forward line in the
0: middle. Kevin Bartlett style. Yeah, Lee Matthews though. <laughs> All right, so wow, dude, that's a mega episode. People yeah. can't be unhappy. Yeah. With really that. long. That's a uh, two hours, 20. Well, they could be. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Collingwood supporter.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, do you like quantity in people
0: doing barely researched predictions? Yeah. Um, well, shit, I forgot. How do we sign off? Oh, okay. Um, so wow. are we done? We're definitely done. There's nothing else to talk about. Yeah. Oh, do you know
1: what? No, well, but. We're going to come back more regularly during the season. We're going to try to do an episode a week. And so yeah. uh, re-subscribe if you aren't subscribed. If you could leave a message on, uh, you know, like a review or, or ratings on iTunes and those sort of things, they really help us out with getting our podcast out to new people. If you know someone who likes bullshit talk about AFL football and might enjoy this podcast, you know, pass it on to somebody, recommend it to somebody. Um, you know, that's the sort of there thing. There was actually something that I
0: needed to bring uh, research before this show, but maybe someone. Can remind us uh, before round one when we do our next show. But we made a deal about Travis Cloak. If Travis Cloak delivered X amount of goals this season, that you would get a Travis Cloak tattoo. So I would just like to reaffirm what the terms of that deal are. And I think we should just keep a little eye on that during the season. Because I will never I don't think I'll ever be happy to see Travis Cloak kick a bag unless I know that he's gonna it's gonna result in a tattoo on you. Well I'm gonna tell you two things about that, Charlie. One is that I feel pretty confident with whatever the original
1: terms of that deal were, although his form in the preseason did get me a little more worried. <laughs> and look, I mean we'll just let look, it would be a happy problem to have. That's all I would say is, if I'm in a position where Travis kicks so many that I'm worried about having to get a tattoo, then things are going well down at Bulldog (laughs) Land. That's all I'd say. And with that,
0: we say, play on, not 15. Ball. We are two guys, one car.